back. Hello. <laughs> we're back. We're, we're back. Uh, still out here. We're still Helena. we're still hanging out here. Yeah. 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 Tom and I went and played disc golf out in uh, Napa today in the rain. Insanity. I, I, I don't know up. how. <laughs> I carved him up. I heard. I heard. It was a different <laughs> no, version from his so side, bad. but yeah. We both played. I don't know so how bad. you play well in the rain. Um, mental. <laughs> it's a mental battle for sure. Uh, also, you know, the weather's in there, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I mean, you have like towels and stuff to, like dry off the, you know, the discs or whatever, and it and yeah, it gets rough for sure. <laughs> and you're like shivering. Anyway, it wasn't ever that bad. I like it when it rains when I'm at work. It feels cozy and yeah. I don't mind being at work. Well, when you don't, you know when you're I mean? like, yeah, when you're not forced to be doing anything, if you're inside on a day off, it can be a bummer, but it can also be like kind of nice. But work yeah. days are the best because you're stuck there anyway. So you're stuck there anyway. And I feel a little more, I don't know, productive maybe because could be because it's cozy. It's warm inside. You kind of want to be in there. But yeah. Well, yeah. we were the opposite. We were out <laughs> on a day off. I know. I'm jealous. We just had some, <laughs> uh, the boys were off today and I was working hard, making that bread, keeping this household together. Yep. Um, keeping the lights on Overstatement in the year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I came home and Stuart had a slow cooker going of what, what did you make? It was like chili verde, but it was with chicken thighs, like yeah. skinless chicken thighs. And so. we made tacos out of it. Yeah. I did that all day. I, uh, I uh, fried them or just kind of sauteed some uh, baking grease with some uh, oh, there's a yellow onions and pastilla peppers. Uh, chopped it up. Uh, did that in baking grease on, over the stove. Nice. Threw the uh, chicken in there with some seasoning on it and then got it all nice and brown and then just tossed it in the slow cooker. Can of chicken broth, can of chili verde salsa and walk Boom. away. Boom. Walk away. <laughs> <laughs> what, eight hours? Uh, we it only went for like five six hours. That's not bad. I I mean I got up a little later than I wanted to. Tom and I kind of went um hard at Netflix last night. Uh, we watched we so last night <laughs> we had our band rehearsal and it yeah. was the first. Uh, it was a good one. Um, by the way, this is the Radio Keys Rock and Roll Review. <laughs> hey everybody, we are Radio <laughs> Keys. This is Stuart. Yeah. My name yeah. is Emily, brother and sister. So yeah, we. You might have heard uh, we have this band, <laughs> and we, uh, uh, we did a little rehearsal yesterday. Yeah, we had a rehearsal last night. We just got a lockout studio, which is a big step for us. Um, Stuart just moved back up to the Bay Area from Santa Barbara what, on four days ago. Yeah, um, not that long Big ago. step. So we're no longer a long-distance band. We're a close-distance band. Yeah. And uh, we got a ton of gigs lined up. We and, do. Uh, but yeah, so we got a lockout studio, which basically, if you don't know what that is, you pay rent on it. And you can go there whenever you want. You can leave your stuff there. It's like having a tiny, tiny studio for so your we're band. We're building the nest right now. We're building the nest. Yeah, we're putting up photos. We just forgot everything yesterday. Clocks we're like, and stuff. It's it's really cute. We're like, we have a hammer, or we don't have a hammer, but we have all this wall Damn art it, and nails. We uh, have a microphone, but we don't have a microphone stand. Just stupid shit. Yeah, like we that. we practiced last night without any microphone stands, which mean. Which means it's I got the day off. <laughs> I got the day. I got the day off too. You didn't. You didn't have to sing, and I didn't have to play guitar because one of us had to do each one. So we I did all the Emily centric songs. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the Emily lead. Yeah, um, but it was fun. We uh, we had a bottle of champagne, 
and uh, toasted to our... We just broke it over the, the wall. Yeah, we did. We just decided... Just like a ship. <laughs> we a just ship christened. sailing across the Atlantic. No, we didn't do that. There's too many... It's like a, what, an 8 by 8 ten, maybe a 10 by 10 room. It feels I would like go a ten by. I would go 10 by 10 because 10 I think if I laid down, um, I could reach my hands over my head. And to me, that's over You're 8 right. feet. You're maybe. Right. I don't know. I'm really bad at eyeballing uh, distances and uh, measurements. <laughs> so I'm I don't pretty try good at height. I'm like, you're five foot seven, aren't you? They're like, no, I'm five am. eight. But I was like, I was close, right? I'm sitting and you guessed how tall I am. That's amazing. I'm or actually five, six and a half. It's one of my talents. Seven. That and dividing uh, bills in, at like Safeway or something like that. Yeah, you're you weirdly good it? at that. Yeah. I'll be like, 180 and 73 cents. And everyone's like, what? And the Safeway clerk is like, they're like types off it base. in and they're like, okay. <laughs> they're they're like, like, why don't you let me do my job? Dude, so. that's like when you go in there. I, I had that at Sunshine the other day. Like, you, I can't remember if it was you or Tommy. Like, um, I was like, hey, do you think I could th- uh, grab a bag and help you out a little bit? Like, bagging? And she's like, no. Wow. Just, just a, a hard, hard no. no. <laughs> yeah, just a hard no to me helping her Absolutely bag the groceries. Not. It's like She didn't trust you with I was like, her bag section at all. I'm like, I, okay. I get it. <laughs> I just oh, felt okay. like a complete dick after that. I was just, just standing wander there outside like, with my like hands a on my side. Just like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry they were rude to you. Now they're usually nice over there. They are. Yeah. Sometimes people are just having a bad day. That's the St. Helena neighborhood rest or like uh, yes. grocery store compared to Safeway, which I also go to all the time. I hate our Safeway so much. I hate it. Yeah, it's like a movie that... I don't hate Safeway in general. I just hate ours because it's only has maybe two people working like in it. Like a Vince Vaughn comedy movie. <laughs> like <laughs> the little guy no is already there. Closed. And then Every the big guy <laughs> moved in next door. Yeah. And they start trying to take over. It's, it's basically um, it is open late, though, so dodgeball, but for grocers. It's just like that. Yeah. I, would <laughs> I would compare it yeah. directly to that. Um, but yeah, we had some nice uh, tacos. We did. And uh, yeah, we're getting ready to podcast about a band that i'm really Emily's excited to really bring to fired you guys up. i'm yeah. real fired up because really fired up. serendipitously i um heard this band for the first time ah, months six weeks ago not that long ago it's we're right after thanksgiving now um so it's pretty recently i heard him and i just started kind of binging on him and then i saw that they were playing in san francisco which is about two hours south of us um tom's like i can do it in an hour and 20 but that's that's scary and i don't i don't like that yeah at all. if there's traffic too it's <laughs> definitely gonna yeah, be it's about just a nightmare so i was like okay they're playing so i work saturdays too and i was like okay they're playing the Fillmore in san francisco they're opening up for this other band i hadn't heard of and i was like i really want to see them but like it, to get off work and run out there by myself like and do that two-hour drive two hours back like i was just kind of like dreading the thought of it and then Maybe like two weeks later, I see this little advertisement on my Spotify. It's like, oh, they're playing in Napa. And uh, so I bought two tickets to that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was supposed to go with you, but then I had to move. Or I, I had a remember. lot of Something people that were up, supposed to go like, with me. So, yeah. it's, uh, so the band is Liz Cooper and the Stampede. And um, they're just badass. I, I heard them. Um, I feel like we've said this on a couple of the bands that we talk about, but I, I, I have to... I wish I found them in a more interesting way than Spotify, but I definitely <laughs> found them on Spotify. It was one of those things like where you... Or? Well, I had a playlist going um, with like Kevin Morby and Michael Now, who's also Cotton Jones, and like all that kind of music going on. And I was cleaning my house to it, so I was... Kind of that more uh, kinda, psychedelic, atmospheric, yeah. but still with like those folk and like... Um, so, there's just a like lot rootsy of vibes to it. Like it has rootsy, a rootsy vibe, got, but they're um, expanding the soundscape more. 
really advanced, like, uh, interesting songwriting and lyrics, which I always gravitate towards. Um, so I was playing my own playlist and cleaning. So I was running up and down the stairs in our little apartment, kind of cleaning and whatever. And then you know how Spotify, like, your playlist ends and it just starts playing stuff it thinks you'll like, which yeah. is so hit or miss. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is that? I'll be upstairs. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Um, but do I was... Do they ever play Dashboard Confessional? <laughs> 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 no. I don't think I play, I don't think I play music that inspires Spotify to throw, throw on the a bus, little dashboard. Throw, in, throw her under the bus again. No shade on Dashboard. <laughs> um, but I was, <laughs> I was listening to something. Yeah, I was uh, listening to my playlist and then this song came on with a female singer and I'm like, oh, I don't know this chick. And uh, it just, it struck me as very different. And I listened to the whole song and then I actually like stopped cleaning and walked over, looked at the band, pulled the band up and started just playing that band. The rest yeah, of me that's cleaning. what you got to do when you hear a good band on like I a was random like, I don't ass. want this to pass. Yeah, and no, then I, you got to like, investigate further. Yeah, Because I've done that and I'll hear a song maybe when I'm at work and I don't look at it. And then months later I'm like, man, I like that artist and I can't find them. And you have to wait for Spotify's like fate to throw them back your way. And oh. it doesn't always yeah, happen. No. So yeah, I was really or like, or it always happens and you don't want to hear them or it plays the same <laughs> artist over and over. And I'm like, thumbs down subtly, like thumbs down, <laughs> thumbs down, thumbs down. And it's like, so mean spirited. Like, do you like this? Can you imagine doing no, that to I their don't. face? <laughs> like if they're like the artist, like walking to a gig, you know, they're passing you in the line. And they look at you, and then you just go. And then they boom, play their thumbs down. This song from the heart, and you're just like, mm, thumbs down. And imagine if you had to play like live, and after <laughs> every song, people are just like, like it was the Coliseums and shit. Like That's some people have their sideways you know, thumbs the good up. Old days. They're like, eh, I don't know yet. And then you know you, when they hung people you in a city square, yeah. and <laughs> you eventually was really suck visceral. more and more, and then they go from sideways to just straight. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's very impersonal now. We no, just it's hit super a little. Impersonal. Yeah. It's like yelping them. And it's like, why are you going to give a rock band a bad yelp? But I have you? to complain about Spotify for a hot sec. So I feel like all thumbs down a band or an album a few times, like, oh, I don't, it's I don't for like the, this. I, I don't realize. Like this. And it keeps I, yeah, bringing it back. I know and why. I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't go to you personally. Does it not learn? No, it from playlist to playlist, it varies. I think. Oh. So, I think so it's not me as a profile. It's kind of like Pandora. Like if you have a Pandora station, oh, it won't affect other Pandora stations. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I think that's how it is. We're not coders. They're Swedish, right? Uh, Spotify? Spotify. All the best things come from Sweden, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Like the Swedish chef. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's... <laughs> I don't think... Sorry. I don't think gotta Sweden made him up. got to be racist against Swedes like that. No, it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> mascot. Who it's a mascot. <laughs> he brought Sweden to our homes uh, via the Muppets. Dude. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, we'll just <laughs> the Muppets. The Muppets were so. That's how I learned uh, that song. She drives me crazy. It was like uh, a Muppets. It uh, was like isn't a, Whoopi Goldberg in that music video? Too? Well, I don't think that's the official music video. I've, maybe it is. I think it's the official. Let me music Google video. this shit. But w and no. what band is that? What band is that? The Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah, you played. We were on like a road trip. Dude, that's one of my karaoke songs. It might have been Santa Barbara. No, it's definitely not the official video, but I'll look up Muppet. And you played. Well, I might be confusing it with the Weezer video there where is, Kermit the is. Frog's in it, and it's like all of Weezer. Check this out. I don't know. This is, well, it's in the absolute worst quality settings. Like 144p right now. Ah, the official video does have. I see Kermit. No, this isn't and the I official video. This isn't the official one. 
Oh, this is. Just I like looked a... up Muppets. She drives me crazy. Oh. The official one is like. But it looks like it's from the right time frame, nineteen eighties. Probably. Anyway, we didn't There's research this There's this horrible this at like all. sketch. <laughs> There's like this sketch comedy thing that started off like they always did in fucking music videos. It a lot. Oh my gosh! All right. Anyway, let's go back to Liz Cooper. Um, yeah. So she we actually, we actually, um, when I when you first told me about her, um, I looked her up on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is. Yeah. they have and the audio a, tree. Yeah, stuff. the audio tree shit is really cool. That's really cool. Well, that's the first thing I did because I was like, "What is this band lineup?" And I did not assume it was one guitar. I think that's safe to say. I assumed it was at least yeah. two. So she's making a lot of noise, and it's been said before, but she's yeah. making a lot of noise with that one. Well, guitar. she has like this finger picking style that she picked up from like kind of uh, from what I'm gathering from the interview li- we listened to. Is uh, she did she trained a lot by ear when she started playing, yeah. and she picked up pretty quickly. So she was trying to do like folk music, like acoustic guitar folk music. And if anyone, if you've ever tried to play that, it's like you definitely need to finger pick and come up with patterns and then yeah. change the, you know, the voicings and stuff. Especially if, and I don't, I don't know if she ever said if she started like solo by herself, playing by herself or not, or if she was always had a rhythm section behind her. But if I think you she are, started by herself. Yeah. If you are, which I, most people are right. Cause you have to kind of, Cut your teeth a little, and then well, she was like, talking hey, about how she got tired of learning in front of the computer. She was like, right. She was like, she not. I don't want to call it impatient, but she was like, I just want to go out and do it. Like I can play guitar. I don't need to like sit here in front of a computer and like yeah. woodshed riffs forever. Like, well, might as well that, just get out there. Yeah, that kind of um, patience is rough. I I I, I want. I imagine that I want to sit and learn stuff in front of the computer, and then I try to do it, and I'm just like, this is boring. But when I'm in a rehearsal with all of you guys, yeah, or even just playing with me and Tom, where he's playing bass and I'm playing guitar, I'm like, oh, this is just this is more real life. It's um, really anyway, hard to improve um, beyond. So it's easy. I feel like if you do that, it's easy to perfect the technique that you already know. Right. But to actively learn new techniques no, you and have to, to actively go, and you have to actually yeah. like do that work. Um, and that, in my opinion, you always have to at least try it a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a lot oh, of... Uh, by yourself, I mean. Oh, and there's a lot of... I mean, I think anybody who does anything well, whether it be sports or or music or, or anything like that, it's like there's a lot... There's like a little bit of payoff, like in front of an audience or, you know, if you're a painter, when someone's actually looking at your work and going, oh, I like that. And then there's 90% yeah. of it is like behind closed doors working on it yeah and it's very unglamorous yeah <laughs> so it t- I, it's yeah it takes a lot of there's a lot of frustration but what i was gonna say is i think if she started on kind of like when i started playing guitar and it's just you and acoustic guitar you want that kind of backbone of a rhythm so finger picking kind of helps you at least yeah. for me it helped me kind of like keep well my especially if you're emulating and keep it interesting too i think it's also about who you emulate too That's true. because like when i started playing it was all hendrix and it was solo and lead shit so i didn't even learn like open chords until like a year into playing i was just playing lead i didn't know you started on lead that's crazy yeah i never even played chords like i played power chords like nirvana would because i love nirvana yeah and i played like lead lines like hendrix would but not you know not as good but i would <laughs> try 16 year old stewart wasn't as good as hendrix no by the way, um, <laughs> his birthday on uh, today. Yeah, is today. Yeah, was today. Hmm. This is a pre-recorded podcast. November twenty seventh. Yeah, we get him in when we can. Would he have been? Ah, uh, fuck! I think it was seventy six. He would have been seventy six. Nineteen forty two was when he was born. 
your math sounds right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds that sounds yeah. right. God, it's funny to think he's older than like our parents because we never get to see him get old. So like, yeah. it's hard to picture. I think it would have been like a lot of people think that it would have just continued to have trended upward for Hendrick. Mm-hmm. And I'm not entirely sure about that. Like, I think he definitely probably could have hit and elapsed, you know, because it's hard to be like, like what goes up must come down at some point. Right. Yeah. And like Hendrix was just a rocket skyward for, you know, four years or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's easy to be like, well, at that trending rate, he would have been, you know, Amazing. the emperor yeah. of the planet by now or, or whatever. God, I wish he was. But uh, <laughs> Can yeah. we just get it, him instead? <laughs> he probably, he probably would have hit a little lull in maybe like the eighties or something. He might have gone through a yeah. Dylan Jesus phase or yeah. something. But and I say that with so much love in my heart for Bob said, Dylan. <laughs> a little bit of way. Jesus Hendrix would be just fine with me. Kind of like, <laughs> cool. Get a little yeah. gospel roots in there. And you know okay, he'd come back right. and do like that Johnny Cash type album from like oh. right before Johnny Cash died with Rick Rubin and all the, the Cash like four what or whatever. What a blessing that Cash album yeah. is. All of those. What a blessing. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think Hendrix would have done at least a few more just groundbreakingly cool things and maybe like some bullshit too, but I would I think everybody has you to gotta have some take that. Albums. You gotta take that. We all that. do, you know? Yeah. Anyway, happy birthday to Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy. But I think the, the with Liz Cooper, she did the opposite that I did because I like played electric and lead pretty much forever and then started getting more into like acoustic music starting with m ward and then i saw that he played with his hands all the time and, and then i saw you know like the fleece brothers even fleece plays with his hand with a little thumb pick and i'm yeah. like I, there's a, they, these guys are onto something you know yeah so then i started playing acoustic more with radio keys so i started just doing all right hand stuff and i think liz cooper did the opposite of me she started yeah. out with this like finger picking trying to emulate not hendrix like i did but trying to emulate bob dylan maybe or or someone with that kind of uh that uh, thum- uh it's that like her thumb, thumb. Yeah, yeah her thumb uh i he- i've heard it called travis picking a lot where you go to the oh. root and the fifth and you're kind of playing uh just straight quarter notes yeah. with your thumb and moving from string to string and then you and then in between you're playing some kind of uh, it's not a melody but it's like a finger picking pattern with like your middle finger and your uh, pointer it, finger pointer yeah with your thumb just going the whole time yeah so she does a lot of that shit which That's is hard. super cool yeah. And I don't know why it is, and I'm not trying to be controversial here, but there just there aren't enough like female guitar players who are like in the spotlight as being like the most ba- like badass guitar players. And she is a like a badass guitar player. It's a lot of, and I think it's well, I won't try to speak for all of women guitar players. I'll speak just speak for, for all my, of womankind right now Emily. and say that like I never really planned on being a lead guitar player, maybe because I didn't see a lot of women doing that you got to go toe-to-toe with me is that maybe why because maybe Flexing. because I, I knew a lot of guys that picked up a guitar sooner than me and i'm like well if i was gonna even get to play guitar on stage i would not be playing yeah. lead you know and and i also i think it's uh as a lead singer and a songwriter to decide that you're also going to play lead guitar is is a big step too because you're kind of taking it all on and then to be like Liz Cooper and be like, I don't even need a rhythm guitar player. That's the most badass shit. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah. like, I'll just fill up all this sound. She, and it's yeah. such a big sound. I think, though, when you're like, I think it's tough to compare yourself to other people because it can, it can bite you. Like, if you look at yourself as a guitar player and you have, like, a bunch of people in your scene or people that you're playing with and you're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to be playing lead with them on the stage. 
I think you're doing yourself a disservice because oh totally, and that's just my own yeah, insecurity slipping you, out. I it's like oh I'm not. I let good that enough. happen a lot. Like we played at Dargan's right um, this last time, and yeah. that one dude who uh, opened for us. At, God forgive me, uh, I can't remember his name. I feel like it was like Kevin or something like that. But at Dargan's uh, yeah Dargan's layover? and that guy, yeah layover and their lead guitar player just was shredding like John Mayer style shredding yeah, all over. It. And I it's remember. Like, sometimes you just show up to a gig and you're like, well, not going to be the best guitar player here today. You know, you just oh, really? you got to tip your cap. Yeah, for sure. That's so funny that you, but you can't look that. at it like, well, I better just not even play, <laughs> you know, I, but, you got to go also, for it. You know, I mean, it's a little bit about representation. Like all my female musician heroes aren't necessarily lead guitar players. Yeah. They're singer songwriters or they're singers. Yeah, so, so that's kind of more what I, just was familiar with doing but also yeah i'd love to get introduced to more like artists with like lead female guitar players Dude, they're they're out there yeah. just like you know liz cooper's out there and it's but like unfortunately that's why liz cooper stands out so much as a guitar player you're like well you don't see i mean there's fucking badass like violin playing women and piano playing women there's for sure like tons of badass women guitar but players but then to also to also and to give more credit to Liz Cooper, it's like she also has this incredible talent of songwriting behind it, where she's she writing these interesting in depth with like well crafted lyrics. Songs. Yeah, and they and don't sound too singer. they don't sound too preachy too. Like her lyrics no. are very natural and very like they're romantic, kind of dreamily like romantic in a way. They're romantic. It's funny you say romantic because they're romantic, almost like classical romantic, like. Uh, I think I'm an art history major, so I go back to like thinking of paintings and thinking of like um, the sort of whimsy of like romanticism yeah. and how they'd have like monsters and creatures in their paintings and shit. Yeah. And they're like visualizing nightmares or something like that. And uh, it's, it's, she's got a little bit of that too. Um, yeah. I was thinking just more like the dumb guy, like romantic. Like she, that's like, a great side she of definitely romantic has a lot <laughs> <laughs> as well. Like she definitely talks about God, like, you know, um, love in her music oh yeah and falling in love and wanting to fall in love and yeah. being in love and stuff yeah. like that but it's not it's not like super basic way of saying it like it's romantic but it's in like this wry kind of sense of humor and also with like the kind of imagery you're talking about where yeah. it's like i like i like how you said wry sense of humor because the first song we're going to play is the first song i heard that really caught my attention um which is mountain man and there's a little it's it's sort of a love song but it's also a little bit um silly's not the right word almost tongue-in-cheek maybe and it might yeah. be because of the music video <laughs> the music <laughs> video is <laughs> hilarious um do you want to just dive in i think we should play it and um, i also think that we should shout out audio tree one more time if you google like youtube one word audio tree yeah there are some badass videos of her playing this song and you'll t you'll yeah. see that travis picking style she's doing and uh and also obviously like she uh, will talk. I want to talk more about her guitar rig and like everything because that she has like this beautiful custom guitar you'll see in this video if you look it up. But uh, so there's yeah. a live video, but then there's an actual Jesus, there's an actual um, <laughs> official commercial. It's got to get the ad blocker. There's an official video, um, and it's and it's like a it's almost like done by a I really want to shout this guy out. It's done by like a filmmaker, and I wonder the theme of the uh video is is very tongue-in-cheek um but it matches well with the song so i wonder how it was all inspired but yeah it's um so i think it's their i i might be wrong and i'm an asshole if i am but i think it's their like only really official like produced music video okay. um 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked into Definitely their music videos. I, I always I always gravitate towards live videos because I like to kind of pull the the wool back well, and that's see the what, first thing what's that, going on. Yeah, that with I the watched machine, you just know? so I could tell what the hell her lineup was. Um, and then I was like, oh my god, it's really just her shredding on guitar, like the hell. Well, she has <laughs> she has like a really and singing, you know. Yeah, she has a, a really nice blend of effects going that fill out the the soundscape quite a bit. And also her Travis picking takes up a lot of real estate in the in the uh, song as well. So um, I, I think if people watch that video, they should really kind of check out the way that she has like this unique. The audio tree. Finger, yeah. Yeah. Finger picking at, in the audio tree. She's doing. Video. Yeah. She's doing so much. But yeah. The guitar is beautiful, too. Yeah. You want to play it? This yeah. is uh, off their album. 2018 album Window Flowers. This is Mountain Man.
That's the most adorable video I've ever seen. Stu hadn't seen that life. video yet. Stu, yeah. Stu was ta- we were both <laughs> talking about different things. He was talking about the audio tree, and I was talking about the video by, and now I got his name, Daniel Yoakum, who I saw when I was at the Napa show um, taking photos. He's a very um, interesting-looking dude. He's got a little bowler hat and these glasses that he wears, and I recognized him um, when he it's was like walking Thompson around the Thompson venue. like Thompson from Tintin comic. Maybe a little younger, <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely had a bowler hat, um, and uh, I think I recognized them from him from like their Instagram, like a fangirl. And I was like, I, I was like, I think I know that guy at the merch booth, and he was uh, taking photos throughout their whole thing. So he did their video, which is so fun. He's I like their to, media manager. I maybe. like to I like to think that he's their buddy that does film and video, and maybe they brought him on tour. That's my fantasy. Yeah. Is that they <laughs> I mean, we could Google it. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think, you know, when, when you're, you know, if you get offered a tour or something like that, you, uh, you go, hey, do we have a friend that takes photos? And you bring them on. That's what yeah. we would do, right? I think so, yeah. You're like, we will pay you I mean, you if, we ever got, if we ever got to the point where we were making money just being a band. Yeah. And the four of us could just do that full time. Yeah. I, and we had money to spare on yeah. people. We would try to bring in our friends like could you imagine colin being like our fucking he like answering emails and like troubleshooting and like posting dates and shit like yeah like well, it, it would like, be our friends that we would want a, around with us we wouldn't want a, a bunch of randos it's such a like yeah you trust you trust these people and you also know that they care about you and your music it's not yeah. just like a job for them yeah. and anyway, so that's my fantasy about daniel Yo- daniel yokum but he did a bitchin uh such a creative music video. yeah it's, i it's really i'm cute. so impressed like with they, uh they're on a virtual reality yeah um, and there's a lot of paper mache masks involved yeah. that i like to imagine that they made i like how it contrasts <laughs> between her like being amazed by the virtual reality but then also contrast that with her just being amazed by like the real world without the vir- or was that her in the virtual reality i think she was in the virtual reality oh okay and she was in the hotel room the whole time okay i read it a different way but wow. now i'm totally <laughs> you can read it whatever my you mind is you want. blown it's no. open to interpretation no that definitely is what's going on she it it contrasts between her being in the hotel room with the vr and then right. what she's seeing in the vr and i got a but it's not from her perspective and i think that's why i kind of felt like it was more contrast with like real life like it's also just um to praise it a little more just visually it's very gorgeous i mean obviously knows what he's doing with the camera but um like when they're doing the sparklers and it's nighttime it's just yeah. very pretty so i yeah. i always dig that um cuz when i think about um making music videos for our band i'm like what's an interesting storyline cuz it's like i think of it like a little movie you know yeah and it's like what's what what hasn't been done before yeah there's um, very, f- <laughs> there's a lot of things. If you're yeah. creative, there's a ton of stuff that no. you know, hasn't been tapped into. Well, you were talking about totally that. Unique. And I mean, it's like one thing to have just here's live footage of us dicking around. Like the, a lot of videos are like that. No, it's offense. a very easy. No, well, it's, I'm, well, I felt no, it sounded like I was totally dragged because like the radio keeps <laughs> videos are like that. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, like it, there's a lot of videos like that, but to come up with an actual plot and like to act it out, like well, that's, that's a that's whole nother thing. That's more of what I want to move into um, just because I think it's, it's really fun to create. I and think, then you yeah. have a little like narration to your, sorry, that's the other way around. You have a visual to your um, song. Yeah. I like it's more the, than um, just, here's us playing it live at different venues in yeah, black and white. Now we're in back color. To, Whoa. Uh, like, CW stone King, the jungle blues video is yeah. like super funny. It's like, <laughs> cause he does a lot of that, like carnival barking and like, but actual like talking in before. 
So he'll yeah. be like, oh, there's something wrong with the boat. Oh, 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 oh. He'll like do voices of like other people that he's like having conversations with, like in That's the middle so of the song. Funny. And they, <laughs> when they do the video, they'll have like some guy play the other guy. And like, I don't know, it's just so funny. Uh, and, and this is kind of the same way in a way where it's like the plot yeah. is, is, it's a small plot and there's a lot of, um, I don't And it's relative to the, it, to the lyrics. And like I said yeah. before about the song being a little tongue in cheek, um, the music video is very much so. I love the build towards the mountain man line and it yeah. just builds and builds and it feels like it's building momentum and then it like kind of has that alleviation and then it goes that's, right back. That's probably it. what I first noticed about it when I was, I'm a very visual person so I have a very visual memory of when I first heard it. I was like, vac- uh, I wasn't vacuuming because it was too loud. I was mopping the, like the bottom of my stairs. <laughs> You had to have been vacuuming. Place no, because it was like right around the bottom, because it ends oh, with carpet. Okay. Anyway, um, but I just remember thinking like, "Ooh, I love that little drop off. I love a good drop yeah. off where you like build and then it's just vocals for like yeah. a hot second. I love that." And um, yeah, she's got a cool voice too, and I'm always attracted cool to voice. a to an interesting uh, voice. There's a lot of um, lead singers like really like um, the Alabama Shakes is a good example. Um, where she has such a powerful voice, but mm-hmm. she goes like ham on the vibrato in her voice. And it's kind of like John Fogarty too, who goes like ham. Yeah, yeah like they just <laughs> go all in on the vibrato. We were watching a Tom Jones video the other day, and I'm like, God, Tom Jones is doing all of the work I think that's with his, his thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's his. That's his uh, but what I'm trying to say is, she's much more subtle. Like she yeah. doesn't. She has a great voice, and her pitch is there, and and it's a uh, it's a unique character of it, of her she, voice, but she, yeah. It's not over the top, which I like. I've I've always liked more subtle singers than like the Tom Joneses of the world. No offense, Tom Jones. Shout out. No Tom offense, Jones. Tom Jones. But no, I <laughs> I agree, and I like I like uh, that she can sound different in different songs. Sometimes she's doing a little more falsetto, um, like Walls of White, last song on the album. She's a little more. Uh, I love soft. a good falsetto. And then you hear something like "Hey Man," and she's just like gritty. Rock and her, roll. The way she layers her music it. almost makes me think of like uh, Sergio Simpson, and oh, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, what is it? It's not called Arms because that's off the new album, but it it like gets super fucking intense in the end, and the guitar just builds and builds and yeah. builds with like that kind of the the effects, and uh, and then it always cuts out, and he does like that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They kind of reel it back in, yeah. which um, and I'll, I want to say Liz Cooper's band. It's just a three piece, um. Grant, I'm so sorry if I say your last name wrong, Grant. It's called It Ain't All Flowers for the record. Pretty Man? Pretty Man. It's Pretty Man, but it might be Pretty Man. Yeah. Pretty Man. I'm going to say Pretty Man. He's going to have to email us and and let us know. He's their bass player. um, And then Ryan Usher is their drummer. I got to say, so I saw them live, what, a week ago? Two weeks ago? Uh, I would say two I'll say ago. so. I'll talk about half. it really yeah. just quickly. So it's no. Tell us all about it's it. It's pretty exciting because this is the only concert I've ever gone to by myself. I've never been to a concert alone before, um, and it was never. To- no, I can't think of one I've been to alone. Maybe like I like I, no, I can't think of any like huh. a real concert. Not like you go to a bar to see your friend like that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, different, yeah. you know. But like this is like an actual you know, Jam Sellers Ballroom in Napa. And they kind of, I feel like they announced the show kind of later. Uh, they were opening up for uh, Phosphorescent, who I hadn't heard of yet. But I was like, oh, shit, Liz Cooper's playing in Napa. Yep. So I bought me and Tom tickets. And he he's like sight unseen. I knew he'd love them just because they're such a like tight, 
like musically they're really amazing. I was yeah. like, he's gonna love them, like no matter what. Um, Tom almost died that night. <laughs> uh, I make that sound like Tom he fell died. off a big like a building or something. No, he uh, he was so so sick, and yeah. I had been that sick a few well, days we before. Well, we all were. Yeah, we yeah, all we were. all went through this disgusting like. It wasn't the flu, but it was just this hacking cough, like your whole body's achy and tired. You can't get out of bed. Yeah, definitely. Bullshit. So I had it, and then he had it. And I he call was it on a like, hangover. He was okay. <laughs> no. no, it was a genuine. <laughs> like, I took three days off work, which I never do. I was like, I'm dying, and I hope by Sunday night I can go to this concert. And, uh, and then Tom got it, and he was on, like, day one of this death fucking sickness and yeah. he was like do you still want me to go with you to the <laughs> concert tonight is he on the Oregon <laughs> trail why is he talking he's like a that? thousand years old um no he he was like he he did he was like lying in bed just sweating and you know he's like do you still want me to go like, and i was like babe no. i was like it's 30 minutes away uh we live up a valley in Lena. i was like it's 30 minutes away i'm just gonna go you know um I was I was doing that thing like maybe the day of like morning of I was like I could text this person I could text this person I could see if this person wants to go but then I kind of got excited about just going by myself and like just kind of not having to talk to somebody or be like oh you don't know this band but I really like it but so like someone want to talk to you though oh god yeah <laughs> those cr- hey don't be that guy at the show guys don't be that guy at the show so don't I pull up so guy. I drive my little Volkswagen down to Napa this isn't a Blink 182 song like, you're not no, gonna meet the girl at the rock show just no, leave her alone don't be weird she's married I uh so I I drive by myself I um I drive down Valley and park my car out front I literally parked in front of the venue like i was like this isn't right like that's how, that's how i was like is that like napa just goes to bed at 5 p.m so like down it was in everyone's napa. drunk all the time it was just on wine. dead and i was like okay Rose. so like i i it was like 10 minutes till doors so i like get out and i like get in this line i'm third in line and it's 10 minutes before the door, and i'm like all right cool and then people start kind of lining up behind me and uh but this dude in front of me was alone a middle-aged dude who brought a book and he was reading a his book with a flashlight which d- well it doesn't sound weird but <laughs> once he started talking i'm like oh it just adds to the to the uncomf like uncomfortableness of all of this um but he just he, only, he was i feel like only cops have flashlights nowadays so if you get shined a flashlight well, on you yeah. have to assume it's a cop right I'm like, how long do you think you're going to be waiting in line that you brought a book? Don't, you have a, don't you have a books. phone with a flashlight app on <laughs> it? Do you have all to? The time. You're going to beat but someone with weird... that? What are you doing with a flashlight? So this guy, so he he's on the phone when I first walk up and he's having like an argument on the phone and I'm just like, he's alone and I'm alone. So I'm just like back to him. Like, I'm this guy's my hero. No, he's a weirdo. So he's having an <laughs> argument on the phone, clearly like being really like, and he hangs up. And then he just like turn, <laughs> he just turns to me, um, and he goes, "Ah, oh, you know, don't you hate it when people just don't make any sense?" Or he said something like that, and I was just Ugh. like, "Oh God, don't engage." <laughs> so I, was, I, was like, I was like, "Oh no," You're and like, I, was, I was like, "Fuck mm. yeah, I hate it!" Like, what are you gonna do? I don't do? think I said a word for the first three minutes until he, a- he just, asked me an actual question. He was just like talking at me. Oh, you know that's how people even more do that? Awkward. Yeah, he was just like he was like. That well, was you were making it a little more awkward just by being. I was like, just kind of nodding and looking. Like I kept looking, looking at my you. phone. I was like, please don't talk to me. I don't yeah. want to talk to you. This is why you don't go to shows a lot, Emily. No, it's not fair. And uh, so he uh, 
he was like, oh, my girlfriend. It was right before Thanksgiving. So he's like, my girlfriend. Wait, how old is this he's guy? Like, he's probably in his mid-40s, okay. late 40s. Okay. He's like, my girlfriend wants Still me to pick hooking up, up her, with the ladies, pick though. up her Check son him on the out. way. And the yeah. plan is making his, He's just like bitching about And I'm just like, okay, I don't. And he finally goes, he's like, you here to see phosphorescent? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, I, I hear they're really cool. I'm actually here to see uh, Liz Cooper and the Stampede. They're really badass. And he was like, oh, I don't know him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, you'll, you'll dig it. Um, it's really good. And then he kind of kept talking, and I just kept ignoring him until I finally would, like stared at my phone enough that he stopped talking to me. But then we get in there. It's like the best thing about phones is you can do oh, When you feel thing. the most awkward, you're just like, phone. I, as a woman, I do it <laughs> all me phone. the time. I do it all the yeah. time. I'm like texting Tom, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? For like every five <laughs> minutes, I'm like, just Do you me. want me to be there? But so I was Fucking a little, Tom I got to say, I was a little disappointed in Napa for the show because i mean i was there early i guess an hour before they played um but it was like i it was just like a really slow like people didn't come on time no they didn't they were like streaming in during liz cooper and the stampede set and i was just like i think that's life of an opener though you know it is and yeah so what's really cool about that like i literally walked right up to the stage and was just up there the whole time i was just kind of moving around at the stage like everybody was kind of filtering behind me and kind of spread out and um like the first time we saw the black keys oh my god like yeah like the first time <laughs> we saw the black keys when everyone's like oh what's this opener band um but so i was just kind of like okay i'm just gonna like dig this and get get into it as much as i can but i have to give them credit because like they if i like if i couldn't see the audience it was like they were playing to a energetic packed house that Aww. was their vibe on stage but if you look behind me it's like everyone's kind of like bobbing and there's like a couple middle-aged people chatting and it's like you know it was like that kind of vibe and uh and their energy on stage was like they didn't they That's they awesome. didn't have to feed well, off you the took audience. some videos um of i them, did yeah some, i like, took a cell phone videos took a bunch and they look they looked energetic she's so cool yeah uh, smitten they also oh really no she's super talented and like adorable and cool yeah she's (laughs) they also started like they started right like right at eight like there weren't a lot of people around and i was like you know they might wait like for more people to come out nope they just like the bass player like walks on stage and starts playing drummer walks on stage and starts playing she walks on stage and they just started jamming out and they also did this thing i love which is like they barely stopped between songs which Stu, you and I were talking about, it's like, we got to do that. Like where you just, uh-huh. your whole set is so uh, cra- well, crafted that you're just going into each song. So if you're like Wilco or something like that, you're going to play for like two hours at a show and you can do that, but there's there's not a need to do that. But if you're an opener and you have 30 minutes and you want to get eight songs in, nine Dude, songs in, you got to, you just got to cruise. They only played for like 40 minutes. And I, I was, look, when they, when they were like, this is our last song, I was like, what? I was like, this is like their <laughs> sixth song. You're like god damn it because they have some <coughs> some real jammy songs that they do so yeah. it feel it felt like a really short set to me um yeah yeah i mean openers do i wanted to see them play for, I, i've done that with long. the felice brothers a bunch of times where i see them open for someone and they play like eight songs and then it's like they don't play you know the song that i want to hear which is maybe selfish i don't know but well, no they you think about and i was thinking about their song choice liz cooper i was like it was a great um set that they did um i would i wouldn't have changed it but it's like what okay we have 40 minutes and i know their backlog and like a lot of the songs they could have played and it's like it's yeah it's just interesting to think from their perspective it's like what do we play for this audience that 
is probably here for phosphorescent and we're going to showcase us in 40 minutes. They did a killer job. Like they won that crowd over nice. as if they had to, you know, but they really did. Like I was looking around and I was like, Oh, these people are standing up. They're getting, well, into they have it. a lot of plays a month on Spotify. Like the, they, they have do. more than like all the artists we've done so far on this podcast. The fleece brothers we are thought close. they were too big to do. Stu we like, almost I don't know, thought they're, they're yeah. kind of big. They're close. They're they're closing in on hundred and seventy thousand monthly yeah, plays dude. on Spotify. Yeah. I hope that just keeps. F- well, they deserve it. They're, they it's not do. unearned. It's not unearned at all. They deserve yeah. it. They're really good, and she is so talented. And so I had a theory about why she is so good at guitar and so seamless, Ooh. especially starting playing electric in two thousand fourteen. That's when she broke electric. And that was four years ago. Or so maybe fifteen, because we listened to the interview. I have it written out as 14. Oh, okay. So um, that's what I think. I think that's what she said. So by the way, we were listening to the Everybody Loves Guitar interview to give him a little credit on on YouTube that that was great. So she had a background as um, not a professional golfer, but a very high level golfer. Yeah, that was her quote unquote job. It was quote her job. And she She got got a scholarship. Where did she go to college? Do you remember? I want to say it was in Baltimore, but I don't want to. Yeah, that's, she, that's where she's from. And then she wasn't it Harvard? No. no. <laughs> she, so I think she uh, she ended up <laughs> dropping out of playing golf and scholarship money and all that shit at uh, Harvard. No, I'm no, <laughs> because uh, we're gonna amp you up, Liz. Because she wanted you know to play Harvard guitar more. So yeah. her whole story was she would escape golf from. For, by playing guitar. How fun is that? And here's the thing that I know about golfers is they are super, super skilled at body control. Like, oh, the way, I mean, your motions, that your swing, everything like that, not yeah. that I'm any good at it, but like it has to be so well controlled and so well thought out. I think she probably took that type of attention to to detail with and her physicality and yeah. and yeah body awareness and she was able to translate that like professional ath- athlete like work ethic where yeah. you're like if you're a professional athlete you have to whether it's free throws or whether it's throwing a football or catching a football or blocking yeah. someone you have to practice the same physical thing yeah over over and, and over, over and over again that's your whole job and now now what she's doing is she's practicing that physical thing yeah. on guitar rather yeah. than on golf yeah but she was good enough at golf that she got like a full ride scholarship to college yeah. and then was so like neck deep into music that she decided to drop all of that to play music which is like i read that and she says it very casually in the interviews she's like yeah you know i was more into music and so i moved to nashville and and she she says it like it's kind of a casual thing and i'm sure she's just being really humble but when I hear that, I'm like, holy shit. Can you imagine just being like, hey, mom, dad, um, I know I got this like full ride scholarship in college that on this thing that I've been working for and that you guys have been supporting me in for however long, but I'm going to throw all that away to be a fucking musician, which maybe, I mean, I'm sure they knew she was a musician, but well, for and the, I'm, I mean, all, for all we know, her parents would be like, cool, great. But like, it's a very, were. it's a very brave even whether or not your parents support you or not, hardcore in golf, they're probably supporting her. Right, but whether or not thin. your parents support you in music or not, it's it's still just a big, it's a brave thing to do with your own future in mind. You're like, yeah. oh, I have a scholarship to college. 
I think I want to do this instead, and I'm going to give it 100% well, to the point where I'm moving to Nashville. Well, sh- and we are an trying apartment. to figure out how old she is. I have no idea. But I think she's the, in her mid to late 20s. Yeah, the like interviewer like kept making it sound like she was super young. He's like, and someone your age with that kind of, and it's like, well, no, she is young. I mean, mid to late 20s. Yeah. I didn't I, love his demeanor. I felt like he was kind of like patting her on the head, like, oh my gosh, well, someone he, your age. Like, well, as that's a so young adorable. Woman, older men, yeah, they tend to do yeah. that. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's really annoying. <laughs> I thought it was me. so annoying. Every job I've ever had, it's like, but, it's that vibe, yeah. But I mean, her taking that step is huge because I am trying to take that step now just doing music, and I'm, you know, I'm not even close to a college age kid. Yeah. And. I've definitely felt like I've had to to do the college thing and have to do the work thing and like yeah. and in terms of work I mean like a career where you're doing 40 hours a week and Oh god, yeah. You know, Me and too. you you have to do that because not only do you do you think people like expect that of you? Yeah. But um you start to feel like people think that if you aren't doing that then you're like a fuck up or something like that and you're fucking yeah. up. And like I th- I think that there's not there hasn't been enough emphasis placed on happiness rather than oh my like God. these it's building so blocks important. like well do you have a career do you have a house do you have a wife do you have a kid do you have a yeah. dog are you, yeah. are you getting promoted soon like there's all this kind of shit and it's easy to fall into the trap of being like if i don't you know check these boxes i'm going to be considered a loser by people and for her to like just not give a fuck about any of that at yeah like it must have been like if she's 20. talking about m- dropping out of college, it was like her 20. first year, nineteen or twenty, and that and deciding like, you want to move to Nashville. That's it's like so I huge. thought. I think I'm doing it without a parachute now. It's like I have a huge parachute compared to the way that she did it. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what her financial support is or anything like that. But um, to make that decision at it's that really age brave. is really brave, and she went for it. And they're one of the like hottest up and coming acts in Nashville right now. Like I uh, like all the articles I read were just like people Nashville's are enamored yeah. by Liz and if Cooper. You, yeah, if you're if you're hot in Nashville, if you're cool in Nashville, yeah, that's almost better than being like fucking amazing, amazing in Nashville. Anywhere in California, like I'd rather yeah. be Liz Cooper right now than Jack White. The way that their <laughs> the way that their careers are trending, although yeah. the Rackin tours are coming back, and I'm fucking fired up about that. I could be into that. Yeah, give if them a you, chance. If you think about, oh man. And you've you've told me before because I've we've been kind of fantasizing and playing music together and chatting about it one night or another and I'll say w- fuck it let's just move to Nashville let's just move to Nashville and you've said before you're like oh we're not good enough yet no we we wouldn't make it and you're well not to be all pessimistic about it but it's like I think we could work our way up but you're right that and I've been to Nashville and you have too it's like every fucking on a Monday night. Every bar, it's not a long main street, right? It's Murderer's Row. Just like yeah, every bar you walk into, that they band call it Broadway. Is incredible. I call it Murderer's Row. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into every bar and I was like, "Holy shit, this band is!" And they're all twenty, and they're yeah. amazing. And they all look really, really good. <laughs> Dude, yeah, they're all they're like good looking. <laughs> Dude, I went it's to this. Taylor Swift up there. I went, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went well, to this guitar store. she came up. I don't think it was a guitar center. That that's <laughs> blasphemous. Anyway, I went to this guitar like shop. And there was like this fourteen year old kid just shredding his brains off in like this like tasteful like Nashville country like blues style, and I'm just like, oh You're like, fuck, I fucking give up. <laughs> oh, you know I'm how, done. I guess I'm not the best guitar player in this. Gu- like, yeah, dude, no, it, you're almost never the best guitar player in Nashville, like in any room. Like, yeah. fuck, 
wherever you are in Nashville, you're probably not the best guitar player in the gift shop at but then, Nashville. So hearing that, and you're probably going to prove me wrong here, but hearing that, it's like, okay, yes, there's a lot of incredible musicians in Nashville, but how many, how much like special little nuggets of like talent as far as like a really special songwriter, like a Leon Bridges type, how much of that is there? Tons. <laughs> <laughs> Every bar, Just un- <laughs> every place you've been. I can't to. believe that. I can't. Like I, I mean, I can, but I don't know. You're probably right because people do flock there too. It's like when yeah. I was living in New York City. And I would go see any fucking live band, and I'm just like, God, everybody's way better. Or you go to yeah. any art gallery, and everybody's way better than you could ever imagine. And it's just like, fuck. And it's because people move to it's fucking like New if York you're City a, to do if that. If you're an and incredible you're like, oh. surfer, you go to like the incredible surf spots. That's yeah. where you go. You go if to you're Southern an California, incredible musician, Hawaii, yeah. you go to Nashville or yeah. Austin or New York City or LA. Austin is. Yeah. yeah, we were in Austin watching the daytime Wednesday bands and we're like, this is out of control good. Yeah. Like it's it, and it's like they like we try hard to get a gig in San Francisco on a Friday night and we can get it. But like trying to get a gig in Austin or Nashville on a Friday night. Fuck no. You're going to cut your teeth on Monday at <sighs> noon. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to work yeah. your way. I feel like we should play another song. I think we've been. Yeah. Fuck. Rambling. All right, ramble on. Um, ramble on. So the next song we were going to play. Um, so. Her fir- their first uh, album, their debut album, as they call it, which was, by the way, released on my birthday. That was their EP or the, is this Wild? August 10th, uh, so my 29th birthday. Uh, August 10th, 2018 is Window Flowers. So this is their first like full Oh, so Window album. Flowers is their full full-length album? That's what, that's what everyone's calling it when I like read interviews are with them. Are we going to play that song off their EP or are we going to Well, I was going to say, yeah, they're, uh, if you go back... Through her Spotify, you can find uh, a quote-unquote EP called Monsters. Um, and it's Liz Cooper and the Stampede, but it's 2014. And it's got like five songs on it. So it's a it's an EP. And uh, the song that I like the most is... Uh, I like the most, too, for the record. <laughs> it's called uh, uh, Booze and Cigarettes, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All so right. this, is just, yeah. this is just such a different style for her and i think well it's before she started playing electric i think because before she went electric this came out in 2014 and in her interviews she said that she like started going electric like basically in 2014 yeah and you can hear a heavy um uh acoustic guitar presence in the song and then you hear like this nashville slide guitar shit and i don't think that's her it's if it is her i'd love to i'd love for someone to tell me i'm a moron and like because i would love to think it's her but it sounds like a different style than what we're used to and hearing. And she's got from a couple because it's slide guitar and it's, it's very. It like, doesn't sound like her style. It's very Nashville like. But what's fun about this song too is you can hear a little more of her uh, voice and her lyricism cl- more clearly because it's in a folk style. Yeah, I, I like where she went after this, but yeah. I I, I kind of think it's fun to. She found herself. She definitely. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. All right. This one's uh, Liz Cooper and the Stampede off her EP Monsters, and it's called Booze and Cigarettes.
song is super badass and that's more it's blues really yeah cool. that's more blues yeah. rootsy um the more i listen to it the more i'm like god that's a it's a great recording too it is uh, her you can tell you can really tell her style on the acoustic like in the intro and then the slide guitar comes in which has to be some other nashville dude and i think he i mean he sounds great too but they have that train beat that radio keys love so much we love that train beat yeah it yeah. sounds great yeah the lyrics are really good too um yeah. Well, it is of that blues like style, that bl- that blues ilk, and but she, they do it very well. And I mean, Nashville players are gonna do that well. Like I lis- I like to listen to, <coughs> like, a, a songwriter's earlier stuff, um, and then think about how it translates into now. And she, one thing I noticed in that song that she does now that I I like how she's incorporated it into her sound now is that kind of bluesy, um, kind of upbeat. I don't want to use the word country, but upbeat folk where they're doing a lot of the um, kind of backup vocals that are like, yeah, behind like the, yeah. and she's doing that and it's, and it fits in with that kind of style of that last song. It's like blues, country, that kind of thing. And, uh, and then she does it in her kind of psychedelic songs. Yeah. And it still fits in, but it's kind of eerie and it's kind of uh, uh, dreamy. Yeah. I think, I think that uh, she took a, a step. So the thing that's cool about booze and cigarettes is it's just a badass like blues rock song. Yeah. But it's not like Liz Cooper yet. It's like yeah. a badass blues rock song. But yeah. then Liz Cooper in her debut album like really starts to blossom into this like totally more electric guitar effects driven yeah. uh, same kind of vibe, but it, it's a little bit less traditional and more unique. Yeah, but it still it still um maintains the soul and uh, the agreeability of the older traditional music that she was yeah. playing, which and is which is birthed out of and she talks about her dad showing her um her dad's got to be close to our dad's age because it's very similar like obviously the Beatles, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Almond Brothers, um, Crosby, oh, Stills, okay. Nash, um. Her dad was a Grateful Dead fan. Our mom was a Grateful Dead fan. So I, it's yeah. the same. And She said, she's like, I saw every iteration of the, the Grateful Dead. Well, she said in that interview that made me smile, she said that one of the first live concerts she saw was Peter Frampton. And one of the, oh, one yeah. of the, one yeah, of the yeah. first live concerts I saw was Peter Frampton with my dad. Well, it was the Ringo Starr It was All-Star Ringo Starr and his all-star band. With Peter Frampton. Probably like 1998, 7 or 8. You guys are the same. You were, you were there, and it was... Ringo Starr and his all-star band, Peter Frampton, was yeah. there. I don't and know then, if uh, I was there. Hey, this used to be like e. a father-daughter thing. I oh, remember I saw him with King Crimson and Sheila E. So 
Herman's Hermits? King Crimson? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm just like, naming bands. Who? Um, <laughs> I did see, uh, oh, God. Um, Tommy James and the Shondells is another. Like, oh, Dad used to shit. take us to concerts, and we definitely saw Moni them. Moni Moni is so badass. Um, yeah. That and Crystal Blue Persuasion. I was, like, nine years old, and I was like, I, was like, I don't get it. And it's like, you're not high enough emily you're only nine <laughs> you can't understand crystal blue persuasion dude i'm so bummed out i just typed in moni moni and it's all billy idol damn it no don't i like to, no i'm on, not trying Google. to talk shit on billy idol i love billy idol I but the tommy too. james Here she comes, that's the one it's so good all right let me i'm gonna play it for the drums are so fat in that song yeah yeah the drums are so fat they got that straight four on the bass drum the Oh, the apes on the bass drum. His voice has that perfect like growl to it. God, he's got a great voice. But the drums, and they also have the guitar scratches. And there's claps in there for sure, right? The, that's just straight all up. All the claps. That's just clapping. <laughs> yeah, don't don't underestimate clapping in a song, dude. It's dude, ugh. this is badass. Yeah, I love this song so much. It gets me pretty fired up. It's like it's rock, my, like uh, like your Rock and Robin. Is this in the <laughs> same no, vein? This is the same vein as Rock and Robin for sure. <laughs> for for sure. me personally, we used to dance this when we were kids. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. think I think our parents and her parents <laughs> were definitely playing us the same kind of stuff. Because when she was talking about, oh, this is what my parents listened to, I was like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Like that's the same records they were spinning in our house. Uh, she didn't say like she didn't mention a few like we we grew up on like this album that was basically just like a fifties, uh, greatest hits kind of. Which record. our parents were like born in the fifties, yeah. so I wonder. I'm like that must have been their parents, right? I think right? moms. Uh, so our grandpa on our mom's side was very open to new music. That's true. And I don't know about Grandpa Eric. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it was more, I think that was more the influence on, I think dad also loves like that bubblegum stuff. And he just kind of gra started gravitating more and more towards like 50s rock and roll, I think, because yeah. it's very bubblegum. But I gum. bet that record was in the house because like we were born in the 80s. And if our parents were, if we were listening to 80s music, it would probably be because our parents had listened to what they, I don't know. Liz Cooper was <laughs> listening more to like 70s shit. And uh, where, our, where our, our, par parents, our parents yeah. was listen were listening to a lot of like 60s shit. Yeah, that's true. And uh, 50s shit. We not saying that they're old. And 70s doors. Well, that's 60s. Like the doors are. Oh, 71 right. is when he died, is when Jim Morrison died. I always died. forget about that. Yeah, and Jimi Hendrix died in, the seven, in 70. The Beatles broke up. Janice in, like, died. I think 70. Janice died between Jimmy and. Jim Morrison. I think Jim was, was, Jimmy was the first. I think Janice, Janice was the second. And Jim. And was it was all within a year. It's the CIA, thinking, man. Like, Holy no. Holy shit, that's like between it, like seventy and seventy-one. Well, Janice's death is fucked up. I think it was in Los Angeles. Um, I want to double check well, that. I'm not talking out my ass, but I'm pretty she sure died off like this super bunk heroin. It wasn't bunk. It was way too good. It was way too pure. Didn't a couple people die that night? A lot of people died that night. How like I think, crazy I think is that? like. It might have been ten to twenty type of a lot of people. Like it was like in the same fucking city. Yeah. It Who was is a that thing. drug dealer that just like he he's a murderer. I'm sorry. Fuck you. Fucked up. Um anyway, I don't I don't want to get into that sad shit. Yeah. Um We can definitely get into <laughs> sad shit. <laughs> I love the macabre, but 
Um, yeah, I would love to see when. Uh, oh yeah, she. Uh, well, she has a thing in Los Angeles, but. Uh, yeah, it was heroin, and the sad thing is she was clean for a long time. I think she just broke down and got some heroin. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about as you do. I'm not. You know. <laughs> I have never <laughs> been a drug addict, but I have heard that if you're clean for a while and then you're like, oh, I'm gonna have one last like hit or whatever, yeah, and you last. you do as much as you used to do. Or what your tolerance was, that, and then yeah. then then that'll overdo it for you. I don't know. Yeah, I th- so I would love to look this up. Um, how many people have died? But it's just too much to get into. It's too much of a yeah. bummer. I don't yeah. want to go <laughs> down this road. And then Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix's death are both suspect as fuck. They're very weird. They're both suspect. Hendrix, like he died apparently in the ambulance when he was strapped down and choked on his own vomit, and he. Yeah. So Pam, uh, it wasn't Pam. That was uh the Dwarves' girlfriend, uh, Jim Morrison's girlfriend. But his girlfriend at the time called his old manager Chas Chandler like early in the morning. I think it was like around six or seven. Yeah. And said that Jimmy was non-responsive because he right. was combining sleeping pills with uh, alcohol. Never mind that she went and got the sleeping pills, which I think were like four times stronger. I think it was the European. Or I want to think say it was German sleeping pills that, and he wasn't used to them. Yeah. The strength of them. So apparently the story goes is she called Chaz Chandler early in the morning, like seven or eight, and um, started telling him that Jimmy was unresponsive. Well, the ambulance didn't get called until 10 o'clock. So that's three or four hours from then. He's still alive. They take him out of the apartment. They say he drank a bottle of wine and some sleeping pills. A bottle of wine. Think about how much wine we drink in a night. It's four glasses of wine. It's not. It's not crazy. It's not a bottle of Jameson. It's, yeah. It's four glasses of wine. It's so four think, beers. So it think was. It, like it, it had to have been the sleeping pills. But yeah. then, what's sus- suspect about that is it wasn't him who went and got the sleeping pills. It was her who went and got. Do you the think she killed pills. him? What are, you, what are you saying? Well, I have this whole thing. Um, I so I'm not in with this. Theory. He died. <laughs> he, he died in in the ambulance. So his manager at the time, Jim Jeffries. Or Je- Jeff Jeffries. <laughs> Sorry, Jim Jeffries is comedian. <laughs> Jeff Jeffries. Yeah. Um, he had a life insurance policy out in Hendrix. So oh, so you don't think it was the girlfriend? You think it was No, he was mob connected. Jeff Jeffries was connected to the mob. And um, he had a life insurance policy out in Hendrix. Hendrix said he wasn't going to re-sign him as his manager. So he had no vested interest in Hendrix beyond their contract. And okay. their contract was ending within the year. So he had this life insurance policy. So <sighs> Hendrix was either worth this life insurance policy dead or he was going to be gone and that that's jeff jeffries and if that's you could, you could look it up he's connected to the mafia there's this whole there's this whole thing of the mafia like trying to bully hendrix towards the end of his life it's fucked up i'll trust that you've probably looked into it more than me <laughs> being a Jimi hendrix fanatic but i do think it sounds very paul is tinfoil dead. hat tinfoil hat paul is dead theory where it's like okay i can sit on the internet for two hours and read about well i'm not saying it's true i don't know if it's true but it's worth like it's at least worth like a nice couple hours to dig dig dive like into that rabbit hole and see what's happening all right all right um i love a good conspiracy theory i really do i definitely jim morrison has one too it sounds like you don't want to get into it but Oh, the club owner, possibly he died in the club. That's pretty believable. There's there's theories that, because he apparently died in a bathtub, right? Because he like snorted yeah. heroin that he thought was cocaine. Yeah. That his girlfriend had left out. 
again, let's not blame the girlfriends. <laughs> I don't think that's her fault. Uh, well, but she, he, the, the fault would be where they don't contact the authorities quickly enough is like the fault. It's not like, or they like, just think oh. he's passed out drunk. She's like, oh, he's Could passed out drunk. Too. He's passed out drunk. Like, I, yeah. if, if, like, you know, my husband were passed out drunk, I w- I, then again, we don't do drugs. But, like, if I wouldn't be like, I need to call the ambulance right away. And also, they're doing drugs. So it's they don't want to call the cops. They're it's like, about being non responsive, though. Yeah. But anyway, but, but Jim. You'd shake Tommy and you'd be like, he's not just drunk. Like, there's something he's, wrong. He's, yeah, yeah there's something that's wrong. scary. Um, and that's where the blame lies. Not like because they. You're right. I don't know what. Yeah passed out on drugs looks or feels like but i imagine it's more alarming but um i but jim morrison there's a theory that he died in the club and the club owner it's i think it's a little far-fetched but like the club owner maybe went okay this isn't gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna have this be how we're known we're gonna tear carry him up to his hotel room and dude there's all the conspiracy theories about him like faking his own death too because only pam i think only pam was at the funeral and they like buried him. No, quick. that's too weird. I can Google it. It's okay, fucking weird. I can't go down this <laughs> hole with you. No, weird. we're not doing it. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, what else can we? All right, um, let's bring it on back. I believe in aliens. Area fifty one. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> just going full conspiracy theory on this podcast out of nowhere. All right, I uh, I pulled a pulled a quote from her um, from one of the articles. We're going back. And uh, Liz Cooper, and she. Uh, one that I thought was kind of fun because they're talking about uh, when she goes electric, um, her songs get longer <laughs> and they get more jammier. And she says, nice. she says, I love this. She's very humble and she's, she's just really cool. She says, you're like, I don't really have three hours of music, so I'm going to extend this song three or four minutes and do that. <laughs> been there. Learning how to make <laughs> totally my way around the there. electric guitar was helpful. I thought that was so honest. I was like, dude, yeah. Like, we we've been there too, where it's like shit. We booked this three. We did the, We have one in December that we're like kind of nervous about. It's like we you book a three hour gig and it's like, okay, we have t- 14, 15, 16 original songs and then a couple covers. And I guess we we're just gonna like do some jam and shit in the in the meantime. You know, so I thought that was really fun. Um, for the sorry, one <laughs> thing I, I looked up this Hendrix thing. It's not Jeff Jeffries or Jim Jeffries. It's Michael Jeffrey. I like. So Jeff I got Jeffries most better. of the name wrong. Michael <laughs> Jeffrey. There's no S. There's no Jeff. You know what your brain was doing? It was doing. It was doing Mitch Mitchell. It could have been. And it was doing. Uh, there's a couple of musicians. Like Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Like you know those musicians. Oh, I love like, Robbie Robertson. It's a great name. Yeah. Mitch Mitchell's a great name. Anyway, just to. I think your brain was doing just to that put a total chap. <laughs> Just to totally like cap this whole conspiracy theory thing, you can look it up. If you look up like Hendrix murdered by manager or whatever, it's fucking interesting. It's worth a read. Even if you don't believe it, it's worth a read. I'm very bored at work, which yeah. isn't hard to happen. Um, I will I'll 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 go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I it's will. a good one. And I'll do I, it. I'm so neck deep in Hendrix. I love Hendrix so much. It's I like know. of course you don't want to believe that he just fucked up. You know, you wanna think that there's something bigger. Um but it also twenty-seven sounds so goddamn young to me, so doesn't it? it there's, dude, all of these people dying back then seems almost too coincidental. Well, when I was like, especially with the counterculture and with the CIA still being a thing back then, because it was still, it was still Hoover as John, like John Lennon getting assassinated and in John 1980 Lennon always strikes me yeah. as a little weird. Well, um, Hoover was dead by then, but yeah, the, there's all these like Bob Marley dying of cancer like out of nowhere. 
when he's yeah. like, how old is he when well, he died? Because music makes a huge dent on politics. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We, we, <laughs> wow. We're, yeah, we going to come after Radio Keys after this. Dude, Stuart Good had a bottle of wine and OD'd in Emily's <laughs> guest room in St. Helena. Oh, no. But we think it was the CIA. <laughs> I don't think anyone can OD on a bottle of wine, but dude, I did the other night. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> I keep oh, on trying to throw you away from I, this scent like yes. so much. <laughs> what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is when I was like fifteen, which seems you know a million years ago, and I you start getting into like. Janis Joplin and yeah. Jimi Hendrix and all this yeah. stuff, and you find out they died when they were twenty-seven. You're like, oh man, that's, that's so old. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's so, or like when I was even like twenty and like, or maybe twenty-two, something like that. When you got into Jim Croce, and I was like, mm-hmm. Jim Croce died at like thirty, and I was like, man, that's young, but it still seems far away. Mm-hmm. But now I look and I'm just like, that is that's me. It well, it's me, but it also it impre- it it makes them even more impressive to me because mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, Jimi Hendrix was doing that when he was by 24. That? When, when he, he was, was 23. What the fuck were you doing at 24, dude? Oh, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean the I was the partying, venue. okay. You not you, Stuart, but you, everybody. What what was it? What, yeah, what yeah, the university. Yeah. I had, I think I graduated college and I was like doing some bullshit temp job in <laughs> oakland yeah, and like course, yeah. i was definitely working a bullshit office i was working job. at trader joe's i think yeah i was maybe still waitressing and like kind of playing music damn we're so cool <laughs> look at us <laughs> <laughs> office <laughs> jobs everyday jobs everyday life dude yeah. i mean i have to say too damn like, it. making it in the bay area it's not easy like no. when i finished berkeley and it was like okay like tom and i are gonna move in together and you know support ourselves here and it's yeah it's it's like i worked two jobs for a long time dude it's nice out here though san alina yeah oh it's super chill because you don't have to deal with all the hustle and bustle like bullshit and yeah in the cities I, like oakland's great dude, i love oakland and, and it'll always be one of my homes but like it's just too it's so intense everywhere you go it's it's a lot of um it's <laughs> it's more intense somewhere like new york city Oh, for sure. Um, and L.A. Like, L.A. is so brutal. I can't imagine living in L.A. Ber- Berkeley was a good-sized city to me, um, but it just uh, – I just wore, wore myself out, out on it. I was there for well, six like, or seven years, and, and it's I was, the I was everyday, kind of It was the everyday bullshit. It's like the, oh, I got to drive to work. Oh, there's just traffic everywhere all the time. Oh, there's – I well, I was Every walking. light's a red light, I feel like. And Dude, then it's I like, was a – there's nowhere to park when you get home. Then there's two hour park on the weekends. Well, you have to driving, like move your car every fucking I, two hours. I wasn't driving a lot, but like when I was working in San Francisco and living in Berkeley and not driving, I didn't have a car. I think mm. um, I was, <laughs> I was working on Fisherman's Wharf and I was living in downtown Berkeley. Oh, so basically. you're taking BART every day. I was taking my bike yeah. to BART because BART oh, doesn't man. get anywhere near Fisherman's Wharf. So I had to get yeah. off at fucking Embarcadero or whatever and then bike up to Fisherman's mm. Wharf. And uh, when you take a bike on BART, you have to like wait for the fucking trains because they won't let you on. Yeah. So I'd have to like leave like 40 minutes earlier so I could catch a train that would actually let me on to get me to work on time. Like it was just bullshit. I, I, it was like an, <laughs> it became like an hour to a 90 minute commute every day from Berkeley to San Francisco, which is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is it taking yeah. so long? And it, yeah, it ruins your quality of life. Um, and I love, I love Berkeley and I love San Francisco, but. 
I definitely, and Oakland, I've worked in Oakland for years. It's like, I just kind of was in the grind for a long time. Well, and now I live in yeah. wine country. Well, we're 24, yeah, we're 20, <laughs> we're 24 working. I mean, I was, I think in Santa Barbara, but 24, were, yeah. we were working some, you know, and then I, after that I moved to Oakland, you know, living in the city, working these jobs. I but liked when you were in Oakland. Was so it was fun. all right. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't on the path that I, that I needed to be on, but um, it was a great, great town. Yeah, it is a great town. But in terms of like being 24, you know, Dude. like Liz Cooper is presumably like around 26, like 26. 27. Like she's got to be around there right now. Yeah. And uh, Hendrix too, J- Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. Yeah. All these people were, you know, that age when we were working at fucking Trader Joe's waitressing. Like they're, well, uh, you know, they also took a leap. And they took that leap of that faith that we were talking about with Liz Cooper earlier. Yeah, going to Nashville. That's huge. Like I, I, I'm just so impressed with that. Anyone that does that, where they're like, any musician that's like, um, our boy Charlie Crockett is mm. a good example. Or um, yeah, he just went for it. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, know? I'm just gonna be a busker and like live on yeah, the streets. And, I'm gonna live in New Orleans and play on the streets and not even care. Like the chick from uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff, who's huge now. Like I met her when I was waitressing in Oakland. Her band played next door, and uh, I rem. And then she got really big and you read her bio and it's like, oh, she like left New York City and like hitchhiked across America and like hopped trains. And I'm just like, is this a real story <laughs> from the early 2000s? Because it sounds like something from the fucking 70s or 60s or whatever. Or like, it sounds like, yeah. yeah this is just, an album bio. This isn't real. It sounds real, like some like, folk shit. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like some like Woody Guthrie shit. It's like, oh, yeah. and then he took his little briefcase and he hopped on trains. And it's like, there's his no cell spotted phones, handkerchief you know? <laughs> with a stick. Yeah, it sounds like that kind of shit. Yeah. And you hear about that now and you're just like, wait, what? People are still doing that, you know? And people are still moving yeah. to Nashville to be musicians. And I think that's... I think, I mean, I she must have had some support to do it. I mean, you can't do that as a college student, right? I don't know, man. Nashville's pretty cheap. <laughs> Sometimes I fantasize about moving there. Comparatively. I'm just like, Damn, you look at the Bay Area. You look at... God. I had a, a woman leave our winery and <coughs> her and her husband were moving to Nashville and she was like, she was like, you're a musician. You should do it. Houses are like $100,000 as opposed to here that everything's a million and a half. And she's like, yeah, man, we're just going to go live the rest of our lives out there. And I'm like, oh, it's tempting. Yeah. <laughs> really, but it's also uprooting your whole idea of family and i'm pretty 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 in love with california so it's a tough thing to leave and once um, you leave it's hard to get back in too yeah i mean the thing about california is you <laughs> know th- these wildfires are increasing as yeah. well like in santa barbara last year same time last year 2017 it was the worst in terms of square footage or square acreage or whatever yeah the worst wildfire in history and now we have like the worst wildfire in history in terms of like property damage and and probably fatalities and stuff like that. And then when we're out here, we're not even I- anywhere near the fire, and we can't even go outside because of the, the smoke. And you're still paying like fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred for a one bedroom or a studio anywhere. In oh, in San Francisco, it's like three k. Yeah, it's 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 just a laughable. So at amount. some point, it's like, why not move to Utah? Well, I also and I- just. Yeah. have that as a home base and just travel around play music have like a super cheap home base somewhere and then you guys just team up the four people in the band or whatever you just team up and you just hit all yeah. the hot spots over and over again and just be like a a nomadic tribe basically well, the thing about it's like it would be much cheaper than living in the bay area you'd actually probably make money 
and you would live life as a musician even though you wouldn't I, be like I wealthy, also like the idea of unless you made it just living in different places for a while mm-hmm. um I've said this I've repeated this a million times but not yet on this podcast I don't think our aunt Betsy she gave me the best advice I've ever heard before she said uh oh, yeah it's some really good advice she said um talking about traveling somewhere or doing something and uh and she was like, you know, a lot of people will tell you that life is really long or sorry, that life is short. A lot of people say life is short, but it's actually theoretically in case something crazy yeah. happens. You have a lot of a lot of years to fill. It's mm-hmm. like spend a year doing this, spend a year doing this. You want to pursue this for a year. Do that. Because in the grand scheme, when you look back and you're like, oh, from 23 to 24, I did that. It doesn't. It's I not beer pong. It's not very long, you yeah, know, and no. so because she like lived in Spain and she lived in Colombia for a long time in her 20s and uh taught English or whatever, and then moved back to New York City, and it was like, hey, the city's going to be there. You mm-hmm. know, California's going to be there. Like, if we wanted to move somewhere and just give it a go. Anyway, upstate that's the whole... New York. Upstate New York. Dude, I'm all into yeah. upstate New York. It's it's cheap housing, and I... Dude, if we, get the, if we get the fam out there and uh, just play music and the thing is is it wouldn't like once you start to get rolling on these tour dates and you have every all four people like working towards trying to get shows on your like itinerary yeah you could find paying shows like yeah yeah you're not gonna be balling out but you're gonna be yeah, we're not ever gonna but be. you're gonna be tra- <laughs> yeah you're gonna be traveling and like playing music and i think that would be fucking rad and then when you're 42 and you're like well fuck this didn't work did it then yeah. you know what then get that office job fuck it who cares oh, like yeah Unless you, unless your life is about like trying to acquire money and like just and if not, you have a family it's completely happy. different like if you have yeah. a daughter or a son yeah or you I'm know lucky not multiple to. kids and a yeah. wife and or slash husband and you need to support them yeah then that's a different story but like for where I'm at right now and lesser extent where you and Tom are at where you guys are you know you don't have kids you have cats but that's about it we have cats. And Alante, Alante, you know, (laughs) Alante. He said uh, last night, he said he's like, he's like, I don't have a lot going on right now. Like he's, yeah, not in a bad way, but in like a free way. He felt really kind of like. So anyway, I would be totally all into that. Just fucking going for it. All right, guys, we're moving. All right, we're moving to (laughs) upstate Upstate New York. York. And then we're going to travel for 10 years. I'll bring this back to Liz Cooper because I, I was listening to the song Mountain Man over and over again, trying to decide if she was saying Adirondack Creek in Adirondack Creek and you and I. Yeah. I'm, after seeing it live, I'm 99% sure she's saying Adirondack Creek. And if I had one question to ask her, I'd be like, dude, what's your connection to the Adirondacks? Because we have yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Because we have, our families had property up there since the 1940s. Uh, 1942. It's it, it either, or no, 1945. I think it's the end of the world. It's either the beginning or... The end of the U.S.'s involvement in the uh, in know, World War Two. I know our grandma got married there in '48, and I think they'd been there for a, just a handful of years. So I think yeah. you're right. I think it was '45. They probably got it. But yeah. So whenever I hear somebody mention the Adirondacks, I'm all perked ears. I'm like, wait, what? So anyway. And that's one of our favorite spots. So we go there almost every year, and we actually do a lot of songwriting there and uh, a lot of playing there because there's no, you know, Wi-Fi or cell phone service. So you kind of have to ent- entertain yourself, like it was the 19. 19- 50s or yeah. <laughs> whatever which is god. awesome to it do sounds, for a week god it sounds so romantic. you just gotta unplug no it, like but it, sounds it, so it nice actually like, feels great to do that yeah what do you do you yeah make some drinks and you play some board games and you chat and you don't have a phone yeah. to pull out and stare at it sounds great i don't know i like that and i, I also like, like that about this podcast is that we actually get to have free form conversations you and i where Yay. we don't we're not staring at our phones and like oh, i'm staring at my phone emily right i'm kidding i'm not <laughs> Put that away. You guys can't see me. 
Um, no, I I like it too because we're focused on having a chat, having a conversation, and that's definitely uh, yeah, some um about things we love. Yeah, an art form <laughs> that has been, you know, kind of left by the wayside. Like, when was the last time you've remembered, other than being on a podcast, where it's like rude form to look at your phone, but like that you set up a time where you and your friends just talked for an hour and a half, two hours. And didn't look at your phones and didn't have the outside world. And it's just like, you're going to talk about, obviously, we don't just talk about the artist because we just ramble. Yeah, like we well, are that's now, how conversations go, I think. That's what I like about it. There's and certain old friends of mine where that's the only way we really do get to mm -hmm. communicate is like, like, I'll see my friend Casey once a year. I'll see mm -hmm. my friend Carrie once a year. Um, now Francois and Giselle, I miss you once a year. Uh, Ellen, I see once a year, you know, it's like, um, even Alec now, Alec, bad. it's, bad. it's a lot. I have to kind of come to grips with like most of my friends are far <laughs> away. Um, so when we see each other, it's like, we have a lot to catch up on and it's, it's hype, it's hyper focused and you're really, and I, oh, I cherish those conversations and you can't box those up, you know, you can't like keep them with you. They're very of the moment. And that's what we're doing in this podcast is we're boxing it up in a way and keeping it but those conversations you have like late night you like open a couple of bottles of wine and you're just like yeah. sitting on the floor and like the conversation's just going and yeah that that kind of those kind of conversations oh that's what life's well, all about well in the ironics we have those conversations with because our phones don't work and it's we have those conversations with our family every, all the time and it's like night, yeah. you might meet an uncle or an aunt you know in a certain uh, way that you've never met them before just yeah. by having a real two-hour conversation hour-long car conversation with them. they're sitting down by the dock and you go out down there and you're yeah. chatting and there's there's not it's very peaceful yeah so you know you're talking about some real shit and you're like oh isn't that great yeah yeah it's yeah. my favorite thing in the world it's and and i feel like i maybe we're just romanticizing you know back back then before technology where it i'm sure it wasn't like that all the time yeah. i think those moments were still special and rare but it definitely provided more opportunity for that. I think a lot of people, it's tough to say what they were into back in the day. I mean, they were into television, yeah, radio, TV was a thing. music, reading. Well, when our parents talk about growing up, it's like, you know, dad comes home, mom has been cleaning and cooking all day and makes cocktails and we have a family dinner and then they sit in front of the TV and they drink their cocktails and they... Like, it's very, like, a 50s version of... Sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> sounds, sounds like great. what Tom and I do, minus the children part. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like we chat, we have dinner, and um, also I work, too. I don't mean to sound so 50s. And, well, and you also see, like, back in those photos of uh, women in the 50s, it's like they're wearing, like, full-on heels and, like, a dress when their husband comes home. And I'm like, yeah. I am literally wearing, like, just pajamas when tom comes home from <laughs> work. and i'm like oh hey you know the second i the second i get home from work i'm just changing into my sleeping clothes i'm wearing a giant oversized uh thermal Dude, right now <laughs> it was so funny like it was uh when i was leaving santa barbara i stayed there for about a week before i left and it thanksgiving felt like a last supper kind of <laughs> like yeah yeah and um it was so funny it was one night it was me brad bacon and colin and then also brad's like uh girlfriend nice and we were all just in all comfy clothes like every Aww. single one of us and it was like 6 p.m and i'm like 
That's very f- familial. Yeah, not we, familiar, so but familial, like family. It does make me are. miss Santa Barbara. Like oh. when that was like a moment when I realized, like I have like a family here. You do. You have roommates that are family. You. How often do you feel comfortable being in a room with like five people and you're all just wearing basically your pajamas? Family. Yeah. yeah, or your friends that yeah. are like family. And every time I do visit those guys in Santa Barbara. They yeah, they're all my brothers. They feel they feel like, like they're incredible people. Family, yeah, incredible yeah. people. But anyway, yeah, pajamas. <laughs> not that way in the fifties. If you can't be in your pajamas in front of your friends and loved ones, they're not your friends and loved ones. You guys, yeah. they're not. That's a hundred percent, dude. That's some real shit right that's there. Some wisdom. Damn. All right, I want to transition Dropping back because I want to play another song, um, by Liz Cooper and the Sam- Stampede. Uh. This song, so I was reading, I was reading a lot of articles today at work on them trying to get some background and trying to get their voice a little bit and just, uh, yeah, just trying to get some some information and and other people's ideas of what they're, um, what they were doing musically, um, and they were talking about this song Kaleidoscope Eyes, which is which was just one of my favorites right away, um, because of the lyrics, and they're like, well, she's referencing. The Beatles a little bit, Kaleidoscope Eyes, it's like to, right? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. You can't not And then they're like, oh, and then she's referencing the Grateful Dead with the cracks in my mind because it's like uh, in the attics of my life. That song. Well, she's referenced. Dead. She's referenced both those. God, I'm talking like I have marbles in my mind. She has referenced both those bands. She has as, yeah, as, the Beatles yeah. and the Grateful Dead. I, so and how can you? It not? could be a combination of the two. I, I think that that's. I think that's really cool. We talked about in our in the go episode. It's like I've definitely taken song lyrics from Bobby Harlow where I was like, I like that expression. For me, it was swinging on a swoon. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to use that. Um, I've done that before. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I've definitely not, done it's that. It's not before. directly. I don't feel like it's stealing so much as it's, it's um, a word. It's a, it's a it's an export. Yeah, expression. an expression. And uh, and it's paying homage. It's you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, I, I think this is a fun song because. Um, it's got the kind of trippy psychedelic uh, dream dreamscape vibe to it, but then they've it only also, got uh, the one like official album, right? They have like singles and right. Mm-hmm. I think I think Window Flowers is their. Uh, and she was talking about how when she moved to Nashville, I think she had like a apartment that was kind of depressing, and she had flowers in the window, so she called it Windows Flowers. I think that's right. Window flowers, yeah. Window flowers, yeah. Um, Maybe should so col- we're gonna play kaleidoscope eyes. Kaleidoscope eyes. I d- right. I just think it's a it's a little uh, slower tempo. It it showcases her lyricism a little bit, which I think is really badass. And uh, pretty psychedelic too. It's definitely psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's her own sound for sure. All right, so th- this is kaleidoscope eyes. Uh, Liz Cooper and the Stampede, off of her debut album Window Flowers.
I like that long psychedelic outro. Dude, that song, I was just listening to the lyrics again and I'm like, is this a love song or it's, yeah, it, 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 at, on its face, it, it seems like a love song, but I don't know. There's. It's tough to say. I never. I, I never want to just... guess what someone's trying to say, but kaleidoscope eyes, it, it, um, it implies, and I'm probably reaching, but it implies, uh, I'm gonna have to Google almost the like uh, La Vie and Rose, like seeing life through rose-colored glasses. It's almost like when I think of kaleidoscope eyes, it's like, are you seeing your lover through a sheen? I don't know. I don't want to get too <sighs> into it, but I, 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 there's a lot to, uh. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, there's not, there's only three lines the whole time. In fact, I could read it right now and it wouldn't even make a dent. You have kaleidoscope eyes reflecting shades of tangerine. Is this a dream or am I just looking through the cracks of my mind? Your kiss is sweet like honey. Your words, they move just like the breeze. You see the world in color. I won't let you slip to the cracks of my mind, of my mind. I know I can love you and I would give you all my heart stuck in the darkness, but I want to see the light through kaleidoscope eyes. It's a love song. Yeah. It's a love song, but there's a lot of great imagery there. That's I think it also wow. has a lot to do with maybe like, is this real or not? Like, is this a dreamer? Yeah. 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 I mean, she literally says, is this a dream? Or am I yeah. looking through the cracks of my mind? Like, I think, uh, yeah, it's very. It has a Maybe lot of great second, imagery. Second guessing. It's a little philosophical a little too. It's definitely philosophical. Yeah. yeah, it's really well put together, and I, I'm shocked at how um, little words there are in that song because it's it's such a big, um, full full song. Just, um, yeah. It's kind of like she's so heavy that Beatles song where it's like yeah. there's what nine words in it. It's uh, I want you, I want you so bad. So yeah. I want you so bad. She's so heavy. It's eight words in yeah. the whole song. And it's just like, no, but it's such a big, full song. Do you think you don't they need just kind of got, like, I don't want to say lazy, but they're the just Beatles like, or? yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think they were just jamming. And and they're like, I don't like any words that we've tried better than these I don't know. They're, they're really good at not overdoing it, yeah. though, in so many instances. That's totally but, true. Um, but it's also a great, um, for, in this song, it's also a great, like, venue for her guitar playing. Oh yeah, and like I in said, that slower tempo too, yeah. which I which really shows because it has that it. whole outro, and the only reason that it's interesting is because of her playing guitar. Yeah, you know, um, and I talked about her guitar earlier. It's uh, so it's a I think it's a Creston, which is like a special custom made guitar. It was made for her, and it's, she was talking yeah. about like trying to contact this dude, and like on his website, it's like, don't ask to work for me. I'm literally just a guy, and I make <laughs> guitars. Like. <laughs> And, yeah, and uh, I think so. Here's what I thought I gathered from the interview: um, yeah. that this guy found like a salvaged spruce from, uh, Tree, yeah. yeah, from the woods of Burlington. Quote: This guitar is from the woods of Burlington. Wow. It's, it has a jazz master like kind of shape body, which is super yeah. cool. Um, She's playing it in. That's the what videos uh, to the yeah. Uh, you can see it. Videos. You can see it. She says it's her kind of. It's got Indian limb. rosewood, yeah. uh, sweet Indian, Indian rosewood. rosewood, and like the spruce body is beautiful. The jazz master shape. That's also like kind of what uh, Cobain used to play a lot. Was a jazz master or a, a Mustang, and then he actually Frankenstein them together and uh, oh, made shit. the Jagstang, which is like Kurt Cobain's special guitar. <laughs> That's badass. And um, but her, it's, it's like yeah. it's a jazz master body. Which yeah. is a really unique shape, and um, she has Lawler pickups, and she plays through a 
a Vox AC15. And the reason why she says she plays through the, the Vox is because the Beatles used to. And um, Oh, yeah, and she's like, I, I was always drawn to the Vox. She said it sounds growly, which yeah. I like. <laughs> which I like. I mean, we all gravitate towards like the guitars that our favorites play. Like, well, they make our our heart warm up a little because it sounds warm and familiar and like I, our childhood yeah. and whatever. I had the Fender yeah. Marshall combo my entire life because I'm a Hendrix fan. Yeah. Until I got the D'Angelico, and then I'm like, ugh, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> well, like, you're finding your own yeah. maybe sound with that, yeah. But anyway, uh, she uh she liked the Vox because it because of her love for the Beatles. I'm not sure why the Jazzmaster, but that's a sweet custom guitar she has. I was like, yeah, dro- I was drooling over it, and then she she really does it justice. She she fucking kills it on guitar. Yeah. Um. She um. So so we were trying to kind of guess at what her lyrics are about. Um. In one interview, <laughs> they do. Ask, I know I feel terrible trying to do that, but like. I don't know if somebody listened to my song and went, "Hey, maybe she's talking about this or this." I'd I'd probably be open to that because what? sometimes when I write lyrics, they're just kind of you can be too out. close to see what they really are. Sometimes you can be too close to see what they really are. And I yeah. I listened to a lot of my songs a couple years later, and I was like, "Oh, this is like me giving myself advice through this weird screen yeah. of like writing a song." But it's just it's anyway. But she says it in a really great way. Um, <coughs> she says sometimes I'm really intentional with a song but other times I'll write it and be like I don't really know what that means and then later on it means something else and then she talks in that other interview about like kind of as she progresses with a song she starts to understand it more and I think that's such a fun way of thinking about songwriting where it's like your songs aren't that close to you it's almost like I don't have children but I imagine it's similar where like you make a person and you're like you think you know them very well but then they kind of are their own thing and you learn more about them and that's uh that's any creation i think too it's like you create a song or an art piece and it it kind of comes back at you in different ways which is so amazing because i've listened to my own songs later and been like oh i was talking about i was you know maybe unhappy and i was talking about this and i was trying to to get out of that and i didn't even notice at the time well, I've written I a lot I of songs about being lyrics. unhappy in my current situation, and and I think in hindsight, looking looking back on my situation, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's fairly obvious now from this perspective. You know, yeah. now that you're up higher and you're looking down on what where you already climbed, you know, you can you can see a lot easier. But well, also I, yeah, like when I uh, wrote "While the Sun's in Your Eyes," I kind of thought um, I was writing it to other people yeah uh so it's uh life will go by while the sun's in your eyes so sit back and watch it all unwind keep telling yourself you got so much time and i i I was kind of writing it thinking i was speaking to other people it was definitely a song towards myself because i was really felt like you were i was really unsatisfied yeah your your potential yeah i was really unsatisfied at the time i was kind i think i was actually still in college um studying art history which i liked but like i was you know, waitressing and yeah. I wasn't playing a lot of music. You were squandering you around your potential. And I was, yeah. and I was, so I wrote that song <laughs> not thinking it was about me yeah. at all. And it was totally a self portrait. You don't realize it's a self portrait. Well, until you look you back five about? years later and you go, what Dude, else are you going to write about? Me trying other to tell than myself to get my shit together. Other than your personal <laughs> experience. Like that's, that's what you're going to you write, write about, about you yeah. know? And like people can put themselves in characters and write about characters, but yeah, it's still from their own, you know, 
And I, I've their tried to own database that they store within themselves. So whether yeah. or not it's like CW talking about the jungle and some random story in the jungle, or the Fleece Brothers talking still, about <laughs> whatever yeah, they're talking about, he still loves yeah. the jungle, and the Fleece Brothers still love like this crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, like I'm thinking about Frankie's Gun, like this mobster life. Like they're still they, thinking they relate about that. to that. They relate to it yeah. exactly. It's why you write about it, and yeah. it's not like I don't relate to stories like that because yeah. I do. Yeah. But it's much easier to write from an internal perspective, even if you think you're like quote giving advice or yeah it, it's more i think and i don't ha- I, a, I don't an internal perspective i don't think i write to backtrack i don't think i write any song trying to do or say something i think it just no comes i don't out. think you should no i, I think, think it just could, like well the sun's in your eyes just came out sort of you know naturally and uh and when i first kind of thought about it i was like oh you know i thought about it one way and then later i thought about it another way but yeah i don't anytime i've sat and been like I want to write a song about, like, I remember, like, a couple years ago, I was getting really hit, uh, I was taking really hard uh, a lot of the gun violence that was going on, and I was like, oh, I want to write a song about, like, about gun <laughs> violence, and, like, I know that sounds terrible, but, no, like, I was really fucking upset about it, yeah. and I was like, I wanna... Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, it's no, just it's like, I, I... it sounded like the, we are the world. <laughs> we, no, it does. Are, it sounds know, like you're gonna, you you're gonna write, profit like, on some tragedy, and I, yeah. that's not what I meant, wanna, but I was just like, fuck, I want to process this, because yeah. I'm so fucking mostly angry i was just like i'm so angry about all this shit that's going on and i want to write about it and i tried so hard to write a song about it and it just came, it just was not coming came out together. it came out kind of corny like it just came out really forced and like yeah. it just didn't feel um so there was a didn't feel right and it, i a, never went along with it it's there just, was I a band it. that i uh saw one time and their name was catch a ghost it's a great name and i thought it was a great name it's actually the the chick who was the lead singer of Catch a Ghost, she was with this uh, blues uh, guitar player dude. And it wasn't like straight blues, but it was kind of blues influenced. She is a super famous actress now. Um, but the Here one sec. I'll look her up. She was in Creed. She's like the wife in Creed and Creed 2. Oh, um, the movie Creed, not the band Creed. I think it's Tessa Thompson is her oh. name. Let me look it up just to make sure. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Tessa Thompson. She's also in Marvel. I guess she's in like Black Panther and shit like that. She's huge now, huge star. I'm very. But she was in Catch awesome. a Ghost. That's this band. Badass. So she started off one route. And went another yeah, one. she was in Catch a Ghost, and nice. it was kind of a. They're cool. You can look them up. Yeah. And um, I think what I kind of I don't know if this is what their name actually meant, but to me, catching a ghost is like you absorb this emotion and this feeling. Whoa, outside yeah. and then when you catch a ghost it possesses you in different ways either yeah. either you're dancing so you caught a ghost and now all of a sudden i'm dancing on the floor oh yeah, you know that's cool. or yeah. i caught a ghost and so that's why i think about like your gun violence thing is you caught a ghost about gun violence but instead of having just the emotions about it is the ghost that makes you want to write you're trying to focus too much on the literal aspect. And I'm like, how do I make this sound like a song about the thing I want it to sound like? And it's like, that's not. So this is, yeah. I mean, and was, I'm not. I the, took the wrong approach. No, and like, we're not trying to say we're the best songwriters in the world, but like, when I try to, when I quote Catch a Ghost, it's like, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to think about the feeling I'm getting, because you're getting yeah. a feeling. You're getting yeah. a possession from something yeah. that makes you want to create. So yeah. instead of trying to like, trying to harness and throw a saddle on that ghost and like tell it what it should be about. 
Yeah. I think it's better to kind of just go free form. And then when you start seeing words and ideas that, that, that speak to you, yeah. then you start kind of hyper-focusing on a storyline. Yeah. But I think it's important to like not try to harness that that feeling too quickly and try yeah. to direct it too quickly because then or that wrangle seems it. forced. You, you, yeah. yeah, wrangle it's the right word. So I don't know, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense No, to it totally anybody, makes sense to me. I mean, I'm following you. I don't yeah. know if it's a brother-sister thing, but I'm just like, <laughs> yes! Because like, I'll... I don't know. Like inspiration really hits at strange times. And I, I find I really want to write songs and play music when I'm my biggest emotion that inspires me is actually anger. When I'm like not maybe not like anger like oh, I want to break a window. Like that's yeah. not really how my anger works itself out. But like but even just like anger at myself because I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough or like uh, like a sort of like a um, uh, unsatisfied like being unsatisfied kind of thing. Um, sadness, I just want to wallow. Happiness, I just want to be happy. But yeah. when I'm kind of like angry or upset about something, that's when I want to channel it into art. So I have to kind of learn how to wrestle with that the right way. But Oh, and sorry, I totally, as usual, fucked up the name of this band. It's called Caught a Ghost, not Catch a Ghost. Past tense. They already did it. They already caught it. <laughs> it's okay. They, uh, yeah, Caught a Ghost is the name of Tessa Thompson's band. That's bad. So check it out. They're, like I saw her... With the Soft White 60s in uh, San Another Francisco. Another great band name. Yeah. Yeah. Soft White 60s. They're sick as fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I want you to play uh, one more song. I, I mean, I don't want this to be the end of the podcast. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about like some radio key shit that come up or that came up. That's pretty cool. Um, but I want to like finish off a song with her and then, um, you know, have an outro with her. But let's do. Uh, so going back to me seeing them live, I got to say the three of them small but mighty team yeah well um, she has like a lot of effects so that, and yeah. she's not too she's not too over the top of them like she's definitely like in the red she's redlining her effects like limit like because I, I like stripped down guitar too but like i'm not big into you know the edge from you too like that kind of guitar playing yeah. where it's just like super processed and too it sounds yeah. and it's cool in a way it, it's cool in its own way but it's not what draws me to a guitar player right but with her, she's like pushing towards that, but she's not. She never crosses that threshold to me, where she sounds like she's doing way too much. So she's in the pocket. Would you say? I think she's in the pocket. So I gotta say, seeing them live, like also the recordings that you hear where they sound really big, it's her. That's and her just, guitar. Yeah, yeah, and it's just her. And so you see it live, and it's just like holy shit, they're doing it all live. It's not like where you listen to an album and then you go see the band live, and you're like. Eh, this sounds stripped down. You know, it it's they're yeah, they're so full live. And like I said, the energy's so full live. And what I really enjoyed, um, again I said I, I felt disappointted in Napa just being kind of a sleepy crowd because I was like I was really amped on it and yeah. I was just like, ah, I feel like a Half fangirl here because I'm the only one like right up on the stage. Um, but uh they uh they're also just having a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of communication going on between the three of them. Uh when the drummer's not playing, he'll like stand up and like dance like it's it's very yeah it's uh at one point he was just like holding a banana and you don't really know why it was yeah it was really <laughs> he's a character um he's got a great mustache and um and it's at one point uh so the bass player and uh uh sorry grant grant and liz would like get kind of start jamming with each other you know how guitar players and bass players get up close yeah. to each other and then she'd start like pushing him with her foot and then he'd like almost fall over like they just do a lot of like playing around they're on playful. stage yeah they're really playful they're having a lot of fun and you can tell that they're also 
really well uh, practiced to the point where they can just have, I mean, they're, they're working up there, but yeah. they're very comfortable. Like, like how I feel on stage with you. It's like, I, yeah. I'm never nervous on stage with you. I can read your cues and like, totally. Yeah. When totally. you play, like I can tell them like, Oh, these guys have, well, they're on tour together, but they're also, uh, I hope they had fun at the Napa show. I kind of got the vibe. I'm like, look, we're a sleepy crowd, but maybe they could, you know, they played the Fillmore the night before. Maybe that they were Dude, a little nervous about the Fillmore and maybe Napa, they could just be a little more they're, chill. They're Cause a it little, was a very small. They're in a show. really good position right now because they're in that like, like I was talking about trajectory wise, like I kind of made a crack about like Jack White's trajectory and their trajectory, like no, their trajectory. I, love Jack I know so we damn all love much. Jack. White. God <laughs> rest his soul. So uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, He'll Jack. Find his sorry. Way back. No, he is coming back with the racking tours. But um, yeah. what I was trying to say is they're in this perfect spot right now. It's because they don't need to necessarily draw people to shows. And like, so imagine if that was their show and they were an established band and they were like the headliner, that would bum you out because then you're like, Oh shit, they're not making it like they're expected to be making it. Like, cause yeah. even if they're playing in Napa, if you're the headliner and you're traveling from Nashville, the, the establishment is going to expect you to draw a certain amount of people. I think that phosphorescent did draw. I think that, so they did. Yeah. But later what you're saying on, is Liz Cooper didn't. Right. So she, what I'm they saying brought is, me. Yeah. But they're <laughs> in like there. a, they're in a great spot right now because yeah. phosphorescent and whoever is a tour manager wants, um, Liz Cooper to get all the shine from the phosphorescent crowd, right. which is awesome because all they oh, have I to would do love that. is show up and ball out and yeah. leave They They don't have the pressure. Yeah. Like, obviously, they have to do their and social sure media thing. They Fos can't just be yeah, dead. Yeah, I'm sure Phosphorescent was in that position a couple years ago where they were opening for somebody. Yeah. And it's like, hey, guys, you just get to be... They're in a low-pressure spot right now. Like, how many concerts have you been to where the opening band, you're like, hey, this is really cool, and you check them out? Well, yeah, I saw... Um, so many. Aaron, Aaron Lee Tazjin comes to mind. Uh, yeah. He just came out with a dope new album, and I saw him open for the Felice Brothers in L.A., and uh, he has a funny song called 12 Bar Blues, which is like a, a lot of play on words and stuff. But yeah, yeah. There, there, I've seen a lot of artists where I like uh, like we were talking about the Greenhorns. Uh, were we talking about that on the podcast? I can't remember. I the Greenhorns. So. so the Greenhorns, we Maybe. saw them open for Jack White and the White Stripes when. Um, oh, and then the Greenhorns kind of morphed with Jack to, to become, become the Rack the Tours. Tours. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do remember so that. So the Greenhorns were super cool in their own right, but right. they morphed with Jack White and then the Rack Tours were just badass. It's the guy with the glasses, right? Yeah, Little, yeah, little yeah, Jack. Yeah. 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 Is that what they call him? Yeah, Little Aww, Jack. Oh, that's cute. Um, Everybody should have a nickname. I know. That's nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um... But let's play that. Let's yeah, play I was gonna say, I was and, like, then, uh, and I was then we'll get into the business, and then we'll. They we'll definitely, let yeah, it they go. definitely played this tune live. It's it's fun. Um, it's kind of just a sexy rock and roll tune that harks back to like we were talking about the go from Detroit uh, on our second episode of just like that kind of dirty, gritty rock and roll that's really fun. This this kind of kind of reminds me of that a little bit, where they're just having fun with the lyrics and all that stuff. So it's called Hey Man.
So I gotta say, like, I love hearing a song that's just like a from a female perspective being like coaxing a dude because you just don't hear a lot of that you hear a lot of like you men being enough like of it in real life either let me tell you walking down the street and it's like men talking about you know hey hey lady yeah. come talk to me or whatever and it's nice to hear that like hey i'm a woman and i want to like talk to this dude like let me tell like, you sexual. it's always I fucking w- dig it. it's always welcome you know <laughs> come well, on down <laughs> ladies <laughs> hey man <laughs> Won't you come on help? I and like that. Flick your cigarette. Won't you give me a kiss? Yeah, it's um, like I said, it's just kind of fun. That gritty rock and roll, like. I thought it had like kind of a garage it's rock, sexy. a kind of gr- like psychedelic garage rock, totally. kind of like the Go kind of had uh, yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Um, in their later albums, when they got a little bit more experimental, um, because they were really just straight like gritty. Detroit rock and roll for like yes, but then they kind of got a little bit more psychedelic, like they had more uh, right, and then they got even cleaner after that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, we got to get that last like sec- that last album a second chance. I know. Oh, we, Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, Fiesta. We got to do that. I know, Bobby Harlow. We got to listen to it. I I've listened. Yeah, I tried at work after we did that podcast, and I was still like, mm, I'm just being nostalgic. And anyway, there's some powerful one news this stuff. week. One, yeah. Jimi Hendrix's birthday. That's Yay. always huge. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. It happens once a year. Yeah. yeah. Two, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco came out with a new single, and he's coming out with a new album this Friday. Um. By the so way. So by the time this podcast comes out, that'll already be out. Is really Jeff quick. Jeff Tweedy's new solo. I, I'm clearly not as hip as I think I am. I'm not very hip at all. But Tom and I were watching Parks and Rec. And that was Jeff Tweedy. And Stuart and walks up, and it's like, that's Jeff Tweedy. And we're like, who? What? <laughs> Dude, Emily. <laughs> he, he cameos on Parks and Rec. And I'm, so I don't care if I'm badass. the most basic he's person one of you've my, ever heard. He's one of my most kindred spirit like singer-songwriters. He's I, so awesome. I love but the, I, also, I love everything he does. I wonder if he has that luxury of being able to just, you know, be a normal person, which I think he does. Yeah. We talked about this I before. I think he like, yearns to be a normal person because he doesn't even have an Instagram like as a solo art. He has like yeah. a Wilco Instagram, but not like a Jeff Tweedy Instagram. I he was playing like a musician on parks and rec they yeah. were trying to get to play their festival or whatever yeah. and chris chris pratt is like yeah. playing his songs on guitar and or whatever and uh and yes yeah, Stuart's like that's jeff tweedy and i was like i wouldn't have dude i know wilco i know wilco's songs i wouldn't even have golden hour or i think that's what face. it's called the golden hour no golden smog um, oh he, we talked about this with uh yeah. with uh queens of the stone age where i was like I that guy golden just smog. gets to walk around because he's not necessarily a uh face of the band he's Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Golden Smog is uh, another good band that has. Um, well, maybe it's not Jeff Tweedy. Oh no, it is. Past members, Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, Golden Smog. Um, they have like one song that always comes up on Pandora that's fucking good, and I need to look up what it is. But um, Jeff Tweedy, like everything he does, I love. So I'm just trying to think of a little bit of like current event, like music news, like that's happening right now with artists that we love like Jeff Tweedy Wilco um, of Wilco is coming out with a new solo album on, on fr- this last Friday. This is going to come out on Sunday. So yeah, th- it'll, it'll, it would have already come out by now. Oh, so go listen to it. Yeah. You Yay. can look up Jeff Tweedy on Spotify and find it. Um, and also our boy, Charlie Crockett, um, yeah. he continued his little GL series, which we need to get permission from his publicist to do an episode, but we are dying to do an episode about Charlie Crockett. Yeah. And, um, Basically, he he creates a pseudonym 
that uh, goes in between his quote real albums. Right. So there was a there was a guy named something GL that um, his friends would joke he might be related to because he's like a honky tonk character. Yeah, so, so similar. Yeah. So they said he looked like him and dressed like him. So they gave him the pseudonym slash nickname like Lil GL, like a rapper yeah. almost, like fucking Lil GL. Yeah. So instead of just releasing his own like solo albums with all his own original compositions, what he likes to do is release some albums in between that's like a Lil GL presentation. And like the last one was Lil GL's oh, Honky that. Tonk Jubilee. And uh, what is well, this he, one called? He stretches over so many. Um, he can. He's like a chameleon in his. Uh, in a genuine way where his he can. Voice is, he can do yeah. Honky Tonk. He can do a little more gritty kind of blues. He can do um, more like upbeat folk. Or he can do like. Rockin' Robin, Night Train to Memphis shit. And it's yep. like, he, he just sounds so good and genuine on all of that. Well, so when I first heard him, I was like, holy smokes. Like, this yeah. guy is all over the map, but it all sounds like Charlie Crockett. Yeah, so Charlie Crockett is, it's called Good Time <laughs> Charlie's Got the Blues. It's so good. And it's, it's a so sad good. song. We yeah. listened to it last night, and I was like, oh, this is a sad song. Charlie Crockett is that guy who I'm just like, so into these last three, four months. It's like, yeah. his... He, Who you're binging real hard, yeah, dude. Whether it's honky tonk, rock and roll, um, kind of like the acoustic blues, Bill Withers sound that he does, uh, whether it's that funk sound he does, yeah. like he he is truly a, a vocal chameleon in in all these genres. Like he yeah. he never sounds out of place in these genres. So yeah, he sounds. We're waiting to get permission to yeah. do his episode, but I'm excited about. We're gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm excited about who we got permission for. In the ne- in the upcoming weeks, um, I was real excited when uh, Liz Cooper's hit me up. Not her personally, but her manager, and was like, "Yeah, yeah. play the play the music." Talk hashtag about no spoilers on who we're going to talk about, but no spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers. But there's uh there's some exciting ones coming. There up, are some exciting and ones, and I bet you I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna the hipster anthem. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> Oh my! You've probably God. never heard of that. Oh my! <laughs> you probably I you know I hope a lot of you have heard of Liz Cooper and the Stampede because they're coming up and they should be coming yeah. up. They're killing. They um, they were definitely on the edge of like the bigger bands were gonna play, but they got back to us so quickly. We knew that they must have had. And I also not I felt uh, I gotta say from a fangirl perspective, I felt really uh, close to them after seeing them. I felt I'm glad I didn't see them at the Fillmore. I love the Fillmore and I wanted to see them at the Fillmore, yeah. but the crowd would have been way busier and kind of crazier and like up to the Dude, stage the and like has younger. the best sound in the bay area it though. does but i saw them in a in sleepy napa where they announced the show late and even yeah. phosphorescent was like drawing people late and yeah. like it was perfect because i fucking walked up to the stage yeah. and just kind of got to really experience them as if like they were a local band. it was a local band yeah. yeah and i was just like oh fuck like this and i so i, f- I felt a lot closer That's to them awesome. after that in a in a creepy way um so one thing i wanted to say uh so Stu and i um i threw some shade at spotify earlier for uh not uh learning when you don't like a band oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna give them a little credit um, I think it's really cool that Spotify lets artists make artist playlist. Oh yeah. So we did this. Yeah. If you go to the Radio Keys page, we have a Stu's jukebox, and then we have M Songsters, and I've got Liz Cooper on the stamp and the Stampede on mine. Um, and it's uh, it's basically on your uh, 
artist profile, you can put a playlist, playlist of, yeah. of like a mixtape, like yeah. a fucking mixtape. Like, hey, yeah, this exactly. is the songs that I love. And Liz Cooper has it. <coughs> and, and we they constantly have a, add to it, too. It's I'm not, constantly it's not adding set. Yeah, to we it. constantly add to so it. So if you're bored at work and you want to, you know, get into some of uh, my best, my best. But I, I actually was listening to, uh, so Liz Cooper and the Stampede have a fun one. They have, uh, they have Summer in the Van Peed, which is like their road tripping playlist. So it's like a lot of... Uh, um what is it it's uh that's a great name for a playlist fuck the miracles primus our names suck compared to that faust the cardigans uh just a neil young and then liz i do too then liz cooper has her own which is like the arcs the grateful dead the arcs are fucking arcs are dope it's her first song is the arcs um neil young is it yours dream that's the name of lake superior Okay. And uh, okay. and then she's got the whale. So this is what I love about Liz Cooper's own playlist is that she she's also got Michael Now who I love. She's got the Doors. She's got the Whalers, Velvet Underground, and then she ends with Are you ready? Her last song, Milkshake by Kelis. Damn, she went there, huh? My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they like. I like it. And then uh <laughs> disqualified. Can't listen to that playlist anymore. And then Ryan, no, <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love it. <laughs> Um, There's nothing wrong with a little milkshake. No, it's a great song. It's got that little ding in the throughout the whole song. If you want it, yeah, a lot of like I don't know cartoons and sitcoms and shit tried to kill that song. It's still oh, alive. Oh, is that what happened? Oh, I think Family Guy did like a kind of like I think Peter Griffin doing some creepy like milkshake thing, and you're like, God damn it, Dude. can't look at this song the same way anymore. I I don't know. I like uh I like the how eclectic it is um because my my inspiration is eclectic too i get no that. I, yeah it's mine, like, mine yeah, has a I've lot of different shit in it too i've got a lot of beyonce and solange i've got a lot of um no doubt that i used to listen to it's like it it's ingrained in your brain we it's should make a come throwback out. playlist i actually have stewart nostalgic i have a uh a 90s 2000s Sitta. throwing it back playlist that i listen no, to when don't. i'm uh if I'm like at a party and someone wants to throw something on, I throw this on and it kills. It's like, oh, y'all want to dance? It's Click. like it's like Shaggy and like Brandy and Monica, Nelly, Sugar Ray, Vertical <laughs> Horizon, Mariah Carey, Gin Blossoms, Missy Elliott. Damn, you really slammed uh, Vertical Six. Horizon on there, dude. It's just a bunch of. I'm not mad at it. You I know just, and, and I used only, to have that album, so I'm not mad at it. The only reason we all love it is because it's like. It nostalgic. just kind of reminds us it's nostalgia, yeah. but like if I throw this on, like people, everyone loves it. They love it. Yeah. And I'm not going to put on like, guys, listen to my music. It's like, if you're at a party, it's like everyone wants I to listen do to that. fucking. You know what? I fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I no, s- I'm going to no, play to the room. Let's play there. Shaggy. I'll, I'll play to the room a little bit, but then I'll throw on a few of my own tunes. I'll try not to get too country with it, but like I'll throw in a few tunes and I'm like, how are they going to react? I'm not that guy that throws on my own music. That's fucking weird. I... I get really sensitive um, when people uh, put on their own music in certain situations, and I'm like, I, I'm I'm not like offended. I'm I'm more like sensitive for them because putting yeah. on your own music is so like personal, and I'm just like, oh, if this is like weird, like I'm like nervous for them. Is that weird? I, no, I get you. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I wouldn't put on like some like the stuff i listen Dude, to the it's deep so depths fucking, of my own it's so fucking you know? mean-spirited when like our friends will start playing radio keys just to fuck with us they're like oh god I we'll can't be like stand it. <laughs> <laughs> and like multiple people then they'll play our band and i'm like i'll look at them with these dead eyes and just be like fucking turn it dude off. how many situations have you been in i've been in a in a, too many where i'm like 
either at work or whatever when I used to pour wine uh, like host and uh, we'd get deep in conversation and I'd eventually I don't come out with it very early I'm bed, okay but I will eventually be like well no I, uh, I I also play music or like all all like it'll come up. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, what's your band? And s- I swear to God, some asshole will like pull it up on their phone and like just play it. And I f- I'm sorry, they're not an asshole. They're just they're being so a s- nice. they're being a sweetheart. And they like start playing my song, and I'm just like, it is. Hey, those sorority girls the at feeling, the fucking tasting room down dude, the road. The feeling is is very. Dude, they wanted to put it on the overhead it's, speaker. It's, Do you remember that? It's hard. Oh yeah, God. it's like but I they immediately want to crawl all... under a rock. Dude, they all follow us now. So for and they some, all, yeah. Like, so Stuart and I went to uh, we went to Orrin Swift in downtown Santa Lina. My, and we my need compliments. Tasting room. Yeah, we went and we were just chatting with this uh, group of group of girls uh, next to us, and they uh, suit just sweethearts and They're a bunch uh, of college chicks. We said, they were, you know, on, oh, a, they were on a sorority trip or something, something like that. Yeah. And we were birthday I think it was, party. No, I think it was a twenty first birthday. Yeah, but they were all in the same sorority. And uh, and I. And we mentioned we were in a band, and they were like, "Oh my god, you have to play!" And they they were like saying to the uh, to the wine educators, "They're mm-hmm. like, you have to play their music in the stereos." And Stuart and I kept like turning to them and be like, like we "Please go. don't do that." <laughs> we're like, first of all, no, like don't let's not please don't do that. But it was it was very cute because they were hyping us up. They were yeah. like our little. But they followed us all on like Facebook and That's shit. That's nice. Yeah. But yeah, having someone play your music to you with no context is definitely jarring. Awkward. I think you have to get used to it. Cause I, I definitely, whenever it happens, I'm like, Oh God, like I need to walk away. You always hear the <laughs> horror stories about like people like playing their own music. Like they're like, I've never, what do you think? You, like that. they'll just be I, driving in their car, like with a bunch of random people and they'll like play a song and everyone's like, is this you bro? Is this you? Are and you singing like, right now? Yeah. Definitely. I can't like, ha- like, Playing your own music for someone and then like I, I just feel like I have to walk out of the room. I don't know if I'm just a weirdo. You know in or the that's o- you know in the office where like um Michael's what's her his first boss slash girlfriend, what's her name? Jan. Jan. That she like keeps playing like Oh her, her interns. Her interns <laughs> fucking <laughs> And it's about like meeting an older woman. And that's like what <laughs> I think I look like whenever I play my music. God, that's for a people. great that's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great visual because it's how I feel. I yeah. yeah, when people are like, play your music, play your music. I'm always like, you know, I don't want to like kill the mood with some shit you guys have never heard. I don't know. I'm probably being too self-conscious. Anyway, but uh, let's, we got to wrap this up. It's already wrap gone it up. hella long. Um, um, I want to talk about a few exciting Radio Keys things. Yeah, we got some exciting First, we have on. our next show coming up uh, next Friday at the Donkey and Goat uh, Winery in Berkeley. And Emily and I are doing a duo show there. Um, after that, we have the Ham Jam at Vinny's, which is with the Mountain Vibe family, Overland, Rossmore, Mama Foxy. And then um, we'll, we have a sh- few show announcements. We're playing the Starry Plow in Berkeley in January. Um, February. Sorry, February. Yeah. But we are playing with um, Roxy Rossi. Yeah. And we're um, playing... Uh, yeah. In January at the Fireside Lounge. And then yeah. again yeah. in February at the Starry Plow. And sh- talk about badass chicks. That Roxy is Rossin, a badass and, then and badass chick guitar players. Marge. Marge, yeah. Shout out Margaret Jones. Uh, fuck, Mike. dude. I've been meaning to talk about Marge as a badass uh, chick guitar player this entire time, and she's, now it came up. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah, she's like, a badass player. Yeah, she and was one of those first, um, like, ladies that I saw in real life. Because I was like, guitar crush on I Marge. was like, I do. I was like fucking around with the guitar in college and like not really getting it. And then I remember meeting her through Giselle and then I was like, oh, like it's it's fun to see like just a, I don't know, a real life 
not just a famous person yeah. that shreds that hard yeah, that I can good. relate to. It's she's not just good. about being female. It's like I I I mean it's it's a lot of that. But so we're playing with that band, Roxy Ross, and yeah. they're really Twice. interesting. We're playing with them at Fireside Lounge on the twenty sixth of January, and then Berkeley on the twenty second of February. We just are announcing that. Uh, again, Lagunitas, the 24th, and we have, um, which is awesome to say, we have two Santa Barbara dates lined up. We're going to come down in March, and we're going to come down again in May, late May. So we uh, booked uh, Paso Robles in between those shows. So we're going to go on a little mini tour south to uh, Paso Yay. Robles and Santa Barbara. We love Paso Robles. They have really good wine there. That's one thing. Yeah. I've never spent the night there. It's I've called the Poor House. I, I've actually gone there quite a few times. Nice. I've Get never... Get Airbnbs, just yeah, go I've boozy only gotten... wine tasting. Um, oh, fun. They're so fun, dude. They have like this this big square downtown area with like tons of tasting rooms on like the outskirts of that area. But you it's can, all walkable, which, but, which yeah, I love you, Napa, but you're not walkable. It's all walkable <laughs> tasting rooms. <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like my kind of Irish bars, like Yay. Irish pubs, like and stuff like that. I, so we're playing yeah, at a place I called like the Passing. Poor House, which is a, a really cool venue. Um, we have a few shows that are percolating that we can't announce yet, but uh, we're coming to Paso Robles, Santa Barbara, and um, Alameda, Nevado, Hot Monk Again, Tavern. Yeah, I'm we're, excited about we're all Napa, over the place. Kamomi on December 28th. Yeah. yeah, December um, 28th, Kamomi. But the, the most But the most important one. one Donkey Goat. I was. <laughs> we had the same thought. Yeah. I was like the December seventh. Yeah. This the one that's. It uh, starts at six, and uh, it'll be me and Emily. We're gonna talk to Alante about maybe mixing it up. I I had a I had an epiphany today with Tom. He won't play hand drums. I know he won't, but <laughs> <laughs> he might play. I tried to hand him like a, a bullshit like he might drum play like, circle drum once, and he was like, "I don't want to play dude, that." Don't drum circle him, man. No, I didn't, make, I didn't mean to. I just handed him this hand drum, and he was like, "Emily, I don't." <laughs> <laughs> I was humbled so quickly. I was like, "I'm so sorry, Alante. How oh, dare my bad. I? My How bad. dare I?" <laughs> no, hand I you this to, hippie so bullshit. I'm thinking maybe we could play two sets of us acoustic, just acoustic. Then the last set, when it starts to get a little more turned up and turnt. everyone's had some wine, we uh, have him play a three-piece uh, kit. So he's playing Dude, a I'm hi-hat, super down. bass drum, and snare. Yeah. You're playing acoustic, and I'm playing uh, my D'Angelico, and we turn it up just for the last set. We turn up oh, a little bit shit. more. Anyway, okay. we're talking about it. It might not happen at all, but Donkey hey Goat, yeah. This is the first I've heard of it. So I I'm excited, though. I'm it, into yeah. it. So that's uh, Friday, so December seventh. That's it's Pearl 6th. Harbor Day. Yeah. It's our brother's birthday and our sister-in-law's sister yeah. birthday. I feel bad we're not hanging out with them, but I don't know. Maybe they'll come. It's all. I think it's, it's kid family friendly. friendly. It's family friendly. Family hey, friendly. We can bring our adorable our nephews. nephews. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's. Uh, so we're closing out let's with close uh, it out. So this song, uh, we got to play this song because it's their big jam what's, song. What's it called? Dalai Lama. Oh. And. Uh, and she she shouts out uh, San Francisco in this uh, in this oh, song. Um, she's from Baltimore, and then they moved, to they moved to but Nashville. But she's shouting out the city. Well, she. So I'm I'm just guessing. I haven't even Googled these lyrics. Um, but I'm guessing. I think she's saying, "Huffing Pacificos through limes to San Francisco Bay or Babe." Um, so she's calling out San Francisco and I'm wondering what her connection with the city is because I've hmm. read a lot of her interviews and I'm like, maybe what is, she had a boyfriend what's your there. connection with San Francisco? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe she just want, wanted to write a song. We're going to have to Google if she's single and if she's looking. <laughs> 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 
and if she lives <laughs> now um so anyway um so they they've said about this song in their interviews that like it's their uh it's kind of it's such a fun song that like when they're warming up to a new crowd they usually play it like third or fourth and that's when the audience starts to kind of loosen up a little because nice. it's it's such a fun jammy song yeah. and uh and it's we're playing it last because it's like it's like pushing up to eight minutes long okay but it's it doesn't feel like a long song i don't know it's it's badass so, it's badass so this one's called dalai lama um we're radio keys and if you like the podcast please uh leave a five-star review on itunes and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're yeah. on and tell your friends uh we have a blast doing this it's, it's pretty much what we do all the time, check so out, we're uh, just recording it check at out, this point. Obviously, check out Liz Cooper and the Stampede. Yeah. Um, they put on She's a on streaming services, show. YouTube, I think Spotify. I think they're on tour right now with Phosphorescent, yeah. if you want to check them out. They're in northern... Uh, up north. and <laughs> <laughs> They're around? They're up north. Google nor it. North of us. Um, For sure, Google it. And, uh, yeah, um, we uh, we just like... Uh, we hope you hear something you like on these podcasts. And totally. We love finding bands that we we go crazy over and binge and we hope that uh you uh find something you like too and uh Indeed. thanks for listening and all right so uh this is the dolly or not the dolly lama this is dolly lama <laughs> by liz cooper <laughs> and the stampede off of window flowers yeah all right goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>